This is Movies, a podcast about the act of cinema. And with me today, of course, is Hans. He's wearing a beanie. He's bundled up. It's wintertime in Costa Rica. Now, I was under the impression wintertime in Costa Rica meant that you were going to sweat way more, Hans. Now, why, why is this uh, not the case? I, I don't know how weather works. Didn't you say the seasons were? Your weather. You said the seasons were reversed in Costa Rica, like it was Australia, China. We we only have we have two seasons. That's it. We have rainy season and we have hot. Right now it's kind of hot, but not right now. Wow, that's exciting stuff. I'm very happy for you. You're in the the hot or not rainy. Well, that's why it took me like 20 seconds. Like, are you really asking me about? weather patterns and whatever the fuck wow well, like, yeah i don't know well and, cisco brushy steve yes he did he got very <laughs> nice no, i don't know what this this camera or something is fucking with my my teeth are not like that white dude i don't know what's happening <laughs> well you shouldn't you tell people that just take the credit and live with it okay be happy about I'm it i'm just kidding my teeth are this white hi actually cisco <laughs> just got veneers that's that's really what you're saying he wanted to show them off I got those little those little baby alligator teeth when I smile. Yeah, Hunter Biden. Yeah, he, lo- he looks like a, like a young girl from totally the south of the United States. Mm-hmm. Right, guys? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, hey, we got Anthony oh, Cisco back right. on the show. Uh, and he will not be the only guest tonight. We are going to have Jake Miller, the cinematologist, who is credited in the film. What Hans, did you catch what his credit was? No, I... I... I don't think I got executive it. producer Jake Miller from wow. Shutter. How about that? There we go. So uh, we will be talking it's to him shortly. <laughs> it's not true. <laughs> don't fucking build it up. Listen, like when a lie is propagated as truth and people believe it, just let it be, Hans. If if Anthony has great right. teeth and Jake's the executive producer of this yeah. film, then that's just how it is. Now, it's the new producer of the best. Very, it's very Jake Miller. Yes. It's very uh, P.T. Barnum of you. Hey, uh, what can I say? I respect it. Uh, so we're going to be talking about this new film. This twenty this, is this. Hans, this is the first film of 2022 that we're talking about on this show, isn't I, it? I think. I think so. Yeah. Oh my god. You didn't want to talk about Eternals. You didn't want to talk. That was about 2021. That was 2021. <laughs> oh, I hey, we did talk about House of Gucci. We just didn't get in depth with it. And you were saying, oh, yeah. you know, it's not really like Mario. It's more like uh, Jared Leto's Borat. I was like, Borat. Yeah. Okay. And then there's a clip on Instagram I found, like literally 10 hours later, of him going, My wife, over and over. <laughs> yeah. That was yeah. Uh, remarkable. Did you see House of Gucci, Anthony? No, I've got that uh, screener and I've got the uh, Licorice Pizza screener. I'm I think jealous. I'm going to get to that next week. Very nice. Very nice. Now, speaking of Gucci, you know, Vincent Gallo signed off on Gucci. Uh, allowing his outfit to be in this film, he wanted. He decided, I'm having a tooth pulled. I'm gonna wear a Gucci sweatsuit, and I'm also bringing my Adidas tracksuit, and I've got these special sneakers from 1998. And uh, that was. And also, my character is a what? Is is uh, he's <laughs> he's a guy. He's an older man. That's what he is. He's got All gray right. hair in this film. It looks great he's, for you know, sixty. I um yeah I I noticed all of that shit. All of those little things, I was like, oh, the sneaks and everything. I was like, mm-hmm. This guy came with his own shit. Mm-hmm. That's not a Ben Shapiro <laughs> associate producer uh, decision. Make yeah. the pedophile wear Gucci. No, 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 no. That's all Vincent Gallo making those those calls. Yeah. And you only see, very briefly, that tooth pulled in like a, a very quick... 
he just turns his head the right way and it's in and out of the frame. Like that tooth could have stayed. You could have just put a little bit of dark. Well, makeup they actually there. pulled it for that tiny yeah. short. That sucks. That was his choice. That he wanted to like, do it. You know what that sounds like? Like imagine growing your hair for like two years and then getting hired for a short film where they're like, Hey, um, can you shave your head? Uh, and then you're like, I mean, fine. Yeah. It's going to be like a cool project. Yeah. Fine. Uh, so you shave your head and then you drive for about four or five hours, mm. and then uh, you uh, stay in an apartment with someone that you barely know. A couple you don't know. A, cu- a couple. And then they let you know that, you know what, uh, you're fired. We're, you're not going to be part of the thing. And you're like, oh, but I, I shaved. And they're like, cool, thanks. You're fired. Some, something <laughs> like that. Yeah. What did that happen to Jerry? I think that happened to Jerry <laughs> one time. I don't know. Someone on this show that happened to. Yeah, it's... Uh, you know, it's not, you know, it's dis- not dissimilar from what Ben Mendelsohn wanted to do with The Place Beyond the Pines, where he wanted to have all of his teeth pulled for that movie to play that character because it was supposed to be an older character than what they wound up casting. And Derek Sienfrance, the director, <clears throat> was allowing him to go do that of his own accord. And then Derek Sienfrance's wife at the last one was like, what are you t- well, you- you're going to let him pull all his teeth out for this role? You sick fuck. And then... Uh, you know, he he was like, oh, no, hold on, don't do it. And he was at the dentist's office and everything. So that's what that reminds me of, if, if anything else. Uh, can you think of any other classic roles where just bide some time real quick? Because Jake is hopping on right now. I don't want us to get too deep yeah, into the movie. Uh, 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 Jared Leto. He's, he's Ledger the Joker. All right, he killed himself <laughs> yeah. to play the Joker. Oh, no, you know, G- damn, Jared Leto. Jared Leto when he played the guy who killed John Lennon. Oh, right. He got so fat, and then that movie went direct to Showtime or something. Yeah, God, yeah, what a yeah. wasted opportunity. Or, or that movie where, where he played a trans and he got AIDS for real. Oh, right. That, movie? No, that was Charlie Sheen you're thinking of. <laughs> oh, right. right, right, right. That was Two and a Half Men, Charlie Sheen. <laughs> killed by a subway, right? That's how they killed him in that series, I think? They just Someone pushed him in a subway or something? Two and a Half Men? Yeah. It was something like that. And then they brought in Ashton Kutcher immediately and paid him the same amount plus like $500,000 more or something like that. So he would have the all-time top earnings of any television star. Very petty move by Chuck Lorre. But if you can afford it, why not? That's such a lib move, too. We're going to cheat and we're going to pump it up just to be like, hmm, you won't win in the history. We're going to pick this guy. Yeah, people still remember for that one role he had in a sitcom 20, uh, 30 years ago? Two and a half, that was 15 years show. ago. It was, that ended no, in like 2010. No, that 70s show. Oh, that 70s show. That was not 30 years yeah, ago. From like Ashton Butcher is, is he's legitimately terrible. Has he ever been good in anything? A lot of people love to cite the butterfly effect and the Steve Jobs he movie. Was Kel- he was a good Kelso. He was he was perfect for that role. <laughs> but will he make a that. cameo on that '90s show? Kelso, Is, are they doing a that '90s show? And they're only bringing back the old couple, the one from RoboCop and the the fat lady. What? Yes, and everyone else That's... is getting scrapped. That's What's crazy. up, Jake? How you doing? Hello, hello. What's going on? Uh, not a whole lot. We're talking about that '90s show right now. We've just been going for about ten minutes here. Oh, that's going to be great, huh? Are that's you excited? Gonna, that's gonna for be it? Amazing. So, the, 
Are they bringing people back from that '80s show or that '70s show? Who's on yeah. that? Glenn Howard. That's that's Glenn Howard. Yeah. That's correct. I don't think Where so. Are they, how do they just get the money to keep scraping the barrel with all these bad ideas that nobody ends up? It must be with ads or something, right? Because they can't just be making money from this bullshit content they're making. Well, you don't want to see uh, an episode where someone gets a Walkman and they're like, hey, look, I have a Walkman. Is this cool? I can ride the bus with my Walkman. There's going to be a lot of Nirvana posters on the wall in the background. Yeah. Tupac and Biggie, East vs. West. Spice Blood Girls. Yep. It's going to be all that. And they're, they're not bringing out uh, even like uh, uh, Wilder Valderrama couldn't be bothered to sign on to this project. <laughs> he's in that. No, he's in that like CSI or NCIS show. He doesn't he doesn't have the time for that. Wow, that's real syndication. I didn't money. think Fez would be getting consistent work in 2022, but. Well, he's the me. only one from that cast, really. Right. Who else is one of them is in jail. Danny Masterson uh, is in prison. For- Oof. For yeah, the neighbor is, is the neighbor died, right? The older woman. Uh, what's her oh, name? Oh, uh, Midge. Yeah, of course you know Midge yeah. Princey. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then didn't didn't uh, the the neighbor also die? The fat guy. No, no, he's name? still alive, Bob. Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, but, but yeah, who else is getting who else is getting work still? Topher Grace ain't that. working. Where's Topher Grace right now? Where's Topher Grace? He could have done it. They could have got Lauren Prepon. I think he's going to be he's going to be a recurring character. I think if I saw what I read a few days ago correctly. Now, would would Shut In have been better if Topher Grace uh, played the (laughs) the pedophile or the tweaker boyfriend? I could imagine him more as the tweaker boyfriend if I'm thinking about it. Yeah, Yeah, he's probably hoping that they bring him back in one of the Spider Man universes somehow. So he can get a nice paycheck. They that, had so. the one opportunity to Another include Venom. any Venom at all. Or even just just bring him in. He doesn't even have to have a Venom. They said, no, thank you. They said, yeah. we're good. We're going to bring back every villain that was ever in that series except for you. The way they handled that thing with Venom was so fucking funny. Because Venom 2 was like, uh-oh, he's in the Spider-Man universe. And then, Venom, and then the Spider-Man comes out. You don't see anything in it, and at the very end, he's like, oh, I'm just back in my universe. Yep, it was a total cock tease. They had no intentions of it. They just thought, that, that, that'll be nice. That'll get people excited. Uh, let's oh, let's pull the rug out. Credit? I, still haven't, I still haven't seen that shit. This is like the after credit scene. Yeah, it's like after credits. It's like an after, after credit scene. This, this guy's in this universe now. Yeah, well, my cam copy didn't have the post-credit sequence. They cut that stupidly. So I never got to see the Venom scene. I don't know. Yeah, Maybe if I get a best picture screener. Oh wait, it didn't get nominated, right? <laughs> Jimmy Kimmel's film. Was, was Jimmy Kimmel serious about that? Well, he's on an ABC uh, talk show, right? And that's owned by Disney, so he's probably been mandated to make a fuss about that. Well, Kevin Smith said uh, a couple of curse words, I believe, about <laughs> oh, about wow. this. Uh, let me see if I can pull it up. Uh, Freddie Ellis also said something about that. He said, if you want people to watch the Academy Awards again, the Spider-Man movie has to win every single Academy Award. He's not wrong, right? Yeah. But that doesn't mean it should happen if there's any integrity right. to the Academy Awards. Wasn't he, he was just uh, on like Chloe Zhao's dick recently on this new episode. Wasn't he walking back yeah. his opinion? Oh, yeah, yeah. He like, he completely destroyed her. And uh, I mean, that's a, that's a very... Uh, 
what do you call it, hyperbolic term, but like he 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 was like he kind of went back on her thing, and then he also he also went went after uh, not went after oh god I keep using these terms, but he also had critique about Paul Thomas Anderson, which I agreed with as well, and, and we because we we covered this on on my show when we did Inherent Vice, and I didn't know that I was walking into some like. I did. I, I didn't really, because no one listens to my show. <laughs> but, 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 but uh, apparently, there's like an there is a Paul Thomas Anderson cult. Oh yeah. But I didn't under I didn't know that at all. I mean, maybe I was part of that cult. But I, after, I think, um, uh, watching those movies, Paul uh, Brady Sinella still thinks that. There will be blood is like the greatest 21st century movie, and I I disagree. I think the more I watch that movie in particular, the less I'm sort of like impressed by it. My favorite okay. movie of his is still yeah, my favorite movie of his is still The Master. It's, it's not way home, but here, it's but. pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no way. Is, is it cold like Jared Leto's cold, <laughs> where he where he just takes a bunch of fat girls into an island? And he just wears a white robe and goes like this and talks to them. <laughs> <laughs> Are you guys not familiar with that thing? The thirty seconds to Mars thing. He had like a like a. Oh trip yeah, yeah, yeah. He could take it. to an island. Yeah. No, he probably still has that. I think he does. Uh, that was post thirty seconds to Mars. That was around the time he was doing Dallas Buyers Club when he grew his hair out. Let me uh, let me read all out of his, Smith. All of those fans are now like three hundred pounds. Yeah. Well, they were really? then too. <laughs> yeah, it's really funny when you see celebrities and their three hundred pound fans, and they're just like, "Hey!" And they're like, Ooh! Like, cool. crying and shit." Yeah, don't touch <laughs> yeah. me, please. You know. All right, so Kevin. Yeah, uh, go Kevin ahead. said in his in his uh, Fat Man Beyond podcast. He's speaking um, at three hundred yeah. pounds. Go ahead, read Kevin Smith's review yeah. here. He said they got ten sluts. They can't give one of the biggest fucking movie off like the last three years. He argued, man, and they're like, why won't anyone watch this show? Like fucking make a populist choice. Fuck, man. You got how many sluts throwing Spider Man for God's sakes? Let him swing in there. Oh, I thought I thought you were saying sluts that whole time. And- I thought you were saying sluts <laughs> too. No, no, yeah. Sluts. I don't even yeah. remember. Oh, we got, said, we got ten sluts of the Oscars. <laughs> and then he's he said something really uh fucking poor kids always getting crapped on and shit. Show Peter Parker some fucking love. Because, you know, Spider-Man is a movie about a poor boy made by poor people making this very, you know, spiritual story about a poor boy. Uh I'm I'm not even being facetious with as many movies as they now nominate for Best Picture, it used to be five. Uh, and then it, he said, kids, the conspiracy is real. I spoke about Spider-Man not being nominated by the Academy, and we got tossed of the YouTube. So, so apparently his uh, stream was cut, as he said that thing about the about how uh, the Academy not nominating Spider-Man means that, you know, it's anti-poor people, I guess. He's such a dumb. He's, I don't know, he, he's, he shouldn't have smoked weed ever. That ruined I don't know, I think, that I think I'm buying into brain. this fellow. They, they, they cut the stream on him? That's got to mean something. That's what he oh, said. Oh, boy. That's what he because, said. Because yeah. if anybody is the voice of provocation, it's Kevin Smith. <laughs> yeah. You know, listen, he's, he's not wrong, okay? There are 10 slots. They, they, look, they did 10 slots to begin with. 
to make up for the fact that Batman, that the Dark Knight was not in there in 2008. People were pissed off that the Dark Knight didn't get a Best Picture nomination. So they adjusted it the year after. And then you got Wally in there. You got District 9 in there. Django. And Glo- all these fun movies. And then they stopped doing that. What light? Yeah. No. No, that's not a fun, <laughs> fun blockbuster that I was thinking of. Which um, one? Spotlight. 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 <laughs> Life of Pi. The best, the Life of Pi. That, that kind of is. Best movie yeah. winner. Action-packed church rape of 2014. <laughs> Jesus. The boring church rape, too. Which beat they managed Mad to Max. Just... That was the year that Mad Max lost. I believe Spotlight won it, didn't it? So a Mad movie Max that's is a... like... That's like maybe two close-ups and a bunch of mids against a movie that was just an amazing visual. Just yeah, it's is that another movie that like the farther you get, do you look back at it? You're like, eh, yeah, I, I haven't I haven't watched Fury Road in a little bit. I'm a little apprehensive too, to be honest with you, because I liked it when it Same came here. out, um, but I'm not. I haven't ever rushed back to watch it, so. Uh, yeah, I don't well, know. The problem with Fury Road is um, is it's about as good as all the talk says, but it's just that the, the, the buzz and the talk was never ending that you never got to watch yeah. it outside of Herder, it's it's so great, uh, best picture today. And, and you're only seeing it in that context. And even since then, it's hard to watch it without hearing all the clamoring that I did. So it it didn't live up to it, really. It's as good as most people say it is, but after after hearing everybody over the moon about it for the better part of a year, I, I just it, it just doesn't hit me that that hard. I feel like Tarantino's take was was right, and that they should have had him as like the uh, the boy from from the Road Warrior, and then and then it would and then it would have like been able to then you could have sort of about faced or whatever to to furiosa and be like this is a furiosa movie where she's gonna have her own thing because i believe that that's what they're doing now they're not even doing a new mad max it's just gonna be yeah. furiosa and it's like i don't give a shit about furiosa yeah. but i would have if it would have been like oh yeah that's that little boy and he's like kind of larping now as an adult mad max but he's not very good at it so he needs this like chick who's kind of a badass with half an arm and you know what i mean yeah it's just, because that's not Mad Max. Like Tom Hardy was great, but they didn't give him shit to do, and and he he I has nothing the, to do through the first like forty five minutes. The cringe elements from it, because I saw it not recently, but I think last year. Um, the cringe elements of it are things that don't really matter in the movie that much, which are like dialogue. There's not really that much. Like there's some kind of bad, you know, typical post apocalyptic dialogue there that you're kind of like, oh, this is. This is very video gamey dialogue, right? you know. <laughs> yeah, I'm playing, I'm playing Borderlands, something like yeah. that, where it's like, hey, the world, bitch. But the action is still awesome; like, it's still yeah. fun. So it works for what it is. And Spotlight was shit <laughs> to begin with. Yeah, so fuck Spotlight. That's it, the official position it, of this podcast. Yeah. Is no matter how bad yeah. Mad Max might be right now, fuck Spotlight. That was right. a horrible movie. Always has been a horrible movie. Oh, well, you didn't, you didn't, you didn't like. Mark Ruffalo winding for the fourteenth movie in a row. Come it's on, it fucking, it's so enduring. Lifetime, it's who's sitting around watching movie, that movie? It's, well, no one. That's the thing. Like, who's talking Catholic about priests like, sweating that they that. might be? <laughs> there might be a pseudonym for them in the film. Was yeah. that in Boston? It wasn't Boston, right? Yeah, oh, it yeah, was. it was Boston. Yeah. I was there, Hans. I was in Sunday school oh. when they were raping. They never picked me. So when I, when I'm was the first bullshit? 
what was like what, what was what was the first like bullshit oscar oh was boy. it like how just green was oscar my valley right that that beating citizen king people like love to throw that out uh, oh, the argument okay. of that but what are, what are you talking about in terms of like uh them veering off into these overly pretentious like cookie cutter this is very well made very well acted films that have no personality like like the color purple or something no, because you um, still had – you. I think you had very good Best Picture winners and Best Actor. And, it, like, it was an exciting ceremony up until maybe, like, 2010 or 2009 It was. Maybe? It was right around then where it really teetered off. Like, uh, yeah, 2010 might have been okay because there was a lot of buzz for Inception, and it actually did really well. Like, that, that, was one of, that was one of the times, like, one of the big fan blockbuster movies came away with, like, five, six Oscars. But the after point, that, it was – what about yeah. what about Crash? Remember Crash? Oh yeah, well that see, was the one I think. That's that was an exciting moment though because that was a big piece of shit film. Now that's, that's the other big piece the, of shit. yeah the other nominees though you have Brockback Mountain, Capote, Good Night and Good Luck, and Munich. I, I mean, I I Brokeback Mountain. You could have given it to the gays for that one. It's too early. That was a great movie. That's a beautiful looking movie. I thought too early though. Mm-hmm. For that. Too early. Too, too early. Soon. Yeah. Too soon. Yeah. For for. For them to be, yeah, but I don't think it nominated. won anything. It maybe won one Oscar. I believe I know Ledger yeah. and Jill and Hall didn't win a thing. Uh, didn't win best picture. Did Mich- who, no director? Who? One maybe of the maybe maybe. Mafia didn't look out for their own on that one. They no. dropped the ball. Terrible, terrible. Why did they do that? I would have given him something. Give Jake Gyllenhaal an award. He's still out taking there, it, like in the... taking it in the ass, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> taking it from Heath Ledger for two he hours. Won. Hold on, yeah. he won. Being a power Lee. bottom, throwing it back to Heath Ledger. <laughs> all, all, you can, all you can smell is Heath Ledger's cigarettes and his Percocets on that breath. Yeah. <laughs> Ten hours a day. His, his Robo, he's got Robo breath <laughs> from all the tussing uh, won, he's drinking. <laughs> he won three Oscars. He won Best Directing. Ah, uh, the... yeah. Wow! Okay. One best best writing adapted screenplay and best achievement in music. Okay. <laughs> it did all right. It did all right. It was not. Right. It was nominated for best best picture. Best. Oh, Gyllenhaal and Ledger got nominated. Also, Michelle Williams and uh, cinematography was also nominated that year. I forget so what won for that yeah. year though. That was oh, what two thousand seven. Was oh, no, that was oh five. Six. So it was two thousand five. I think the Thanks. real fall off point was when the King's Speech beat the Social Network. Uh, for for mm. what it's worth, I think everything that wanted falling after for that year, I think it was 2010 or 2009. I think Social Network was far and away the best film of the nominations that were that were in that category. Anyway, was I got it, the list right here. I think 127 I was, I was hours all the way, buddy. I was, I was a Nolan uh-huh. fanboy that year. Was it up against Inception? Hours. It was, yeah. yeah. Black it, Black Swan, uh, The Fighter, Inception, The Kids Are All Right, Social Network, Toy Story Three, True Grit, and Winter's Bones. So they had Ooh, some good it's not competition. A bad lineup. That, that, that that's actually a pretty solid year for yeah, movies yeah. because most of those movies are pretty solid. The King's Speech, yeah. just pretentious, like herder Englishman with the stutter movie, boring. Yeah. If we lived boring. in a patriarchy, a real patriarchy, they would have just thrown it to True Grit. Because that's what I right. would have done. I've been like, out of all those movies you named, I'm like, True Grit. That was just yeah. Give it to the cowboy movie. That, that's yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's the western. It's like the American cinematic expression. You mm-hmm. know, quintessential. You just give it to the western when it gets in there. Do you think that just there is go. any life left to the Oscars? Because I would say 
No, except for no. the fact that Anthony Hopkins, who didn't even show up to the ceremony last year, beat Chadwick Boseman when it was served up to him for dying. They said, nah, mm-hmm. I don't fucking think so. I think Based. we're going to give it to Anthony Hopkins yeah. for the father. Um, there's old-ass white no man. Watched, the dead black man. Watched. Everybody loves. Who, Fuck Anthony you. Hopkins hasn't given a genuine performance in 30 years. He has, <laughs> he has He's pretty bad. He's bad. Are you saying he was not great in Thor: The Dark World? As as uh, who did he play? Odin. Odin. Yeah. yeah. He's, Odin. he's he's yeah. great, but he's not serious. You know, he's 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 always great. Oh, oh, he oh, always oh, comes oh. in and he does his job. He does his job in Legends of the Fall and all the things like. Oh, what are you talking about? He gets that that Welsh thing. He's always does his job. Legends but of Fall. But he's. Did they try to tie that was that that was the movie they tried to tie into Goodwill Hunting, right? Where they just randomly gave Matt Damon a cameo as Goodwill Hunting. <laughs> I didn't see that one. <laughs> Which one? I think it was Legends of the Fall, right? Legends of the Fall is with Brad Pitt, Aidan Quinn, uh, Madeline Stowe, um, 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 Henry wrong. or, or Elliot from uh, E.T. I'm wrong. It's a Sean Connery film, not Anthony Hopkins. Hans, okay. you want to pull this up real quick? Let's take a look at the Goodwill Hunting cameo, the Goodwill Hunting extended universe. Type see, in Matt Damon. Find, finding Forrester? Are you yes, talking about Finding that's Forrester? right. Whoa. Oh, Finding Forrester. That's no from, shit. I didn't know Matt Damon. That's from way back. Mm-hmm. That's from wait, like wait. 2000. Does he come in this? Will? Yes. Goodwill? Yes. Get the fuck. I'm just going to grab some water. That's fucking so The first movie set I ever stepped foot on is Goodwill Hunting back in 1990. I think the movie came out in 97, 98. I was there in 96, 97, South Boston. Hans, stop sucking down booze. Start looking up clips. I'm Jesus asking. Christ. I'm asking. What am I looking yes. for? What, I got it. So I got unbecoming. Right I can't well, believe I, you're, I you're to... having giant swigs of alcohol behind the scenes. I wanted to behind the scenes. <laughs> Literally on camera. I. I was going to make a human stain joke about uh, Anthony Hopkins having sex with Nicole Kidman when he was like 70. So I was looking Hell for that yeah. stuff. But... What is I could totally see uh, there we low go, res. Jake I could totally see low res like in 1999. He's like 12 years old and he's got a fucking mustache. He's got the same mustache. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> Let me tell you, this didn't come in until I was about 28 years old. It took way too long. <laughs> All right. Let's see this. What is this VHS squished four by three? <laughs> Long-ass-haired Spike Lee Nike commercial. That's the only one. It's been condensed. Wow. Okay. Finding Matt Damon. Great. You like that like low pitch on shot. Someone's VCR was acting up when they were recording this. <laughs> All right, it's probably close to the end of the scene where he's going to be like, "Well, hold on, I didn't get your name." <laughs> it's Will. Will Hunting. No. <laughs> Ew. Ew. No way, That's dude. Okay, this is horrible for audio listeners. This is just going to be a, a low pitch hum. What? It's, I don't think he he didn't say it here. Wait, no, he, gonna it's going it? to be toward the end. Well, yeah, that was the end of it. <laughs> I 
<laughs> what a bummer of a clip at the end. <laughs> she had cancer. <laughs> can we just can you type in Goodwill oh, Hunting on. Finding Forester? And okay. then maybe something like that will come up. This is so unimportant, but I, I need to. You know, that was because, you know, the thing with Matt Damon, what he brought back was like the, the Robert De Niro, just silent, boring shit. Just mm-hmm. like quiet, mumbling, shaking my head. Yeah, I can't, I can't find that clip. Wait, hold on. You're going to download the whole movie. Hmm. Well, speaking of downloading movies. Movies is now on iTunes and Spotify and on Patreon.com slash Lowrez. And in some countries, you know, you're not going to be able to find that. But if you go to Surfshark.deals slash Lowrez, you'll be able to find a brand new VPN for you that uh, you can probably use to get a bunch of illegals. Now, I had to give Hans my Surfshark VPN so we could wa- he could watch the film we're going to be talking about tonight. Shut in, which was yeah. not allowed for the people of Hans's color or country, because this it's is a right wing film, and they don't want that audience. That it was a world world premiere only in the United States. That's that's great. World premiere. What is like that? Shut in. Shut in. Yeah, it said world premiere, and I was like, it, it must be available. It's world premiere except for <laughs> Costa Rica. Yeah. It's the it's like the world champion. Shut you know, in like more NBA, like shut out. The world champs. You know? Yeah. Shut in more like shut out. Yes. Well based well, you know, on we are the world. connection speed, he might be able to watch it like next week. It could just be yeah. loading up to the server yeah. right now. That'll be good. What Hans, are you what is it Nord VPN? What is No, it's not Nord VPN, it's Surfshark VPN. What, Nord VPN is what you actually use. Surfshark is what we're saying you use. That's surfshark.deal slash lowres. Or go to surfsharkvpn.com. I think that's the website. And just check out with lowres. <laughs> is this an that. actual plug? Are you plugging yes. something? Yes. Right? Listen. The last <laughs> that's episode. That's a fucking joke. That's, like the worst, that's the worst fucking ad copy I've ever heard in my life. You, you should listen to the last episode. They gave yeah. me a script. They gave me four different scripts to use. My God, was that difficult to get through? They didn't even put my promo code in it. Now I just, to, I just you remember need to it. do what Ben Shapiro does and just like pre-record it and then play it faster. So they, if you want to go down slash, I should. And they yeah. go back to the show. Uh, I, I, I forgot that we got this sponsorship like a month ago, and then they reached out to me about a week ago saying like. So uh, are we going to see the the promo codes in the episodes or, or what? And I didn't have anything to say, so we just started doing them last episode. Now this is the thing. You get 83% off. I forgot to mention that. 83% off if you check out with Lowrez. Yeah. So go ahead and do that. Is it, it's based on which year Lowrez was born. Exactly. Three. I'm, I'm old. Anthony, isn't that your birthday? 84. I'm, I'm an eight, I'm, I just turned 38 last Monday. Nice. And Hans, you're 42 now? But this Monday, this past Monday. <laughs> no, I'm going to be 36 next Friday. Not you next know, Saturday. I find it kind of peculiar. You're always 36 years old, Hans. <laughs> it's like another friend of ours on an old podcast told us every ep- every episode he was 30. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's always great when you show up at your friend's wedding and, uh, you know, you think he's a 29, 30-year-old guy and then his college roommate, who's 45, Says, uh, so how old is, the, oh, I think he's actually about 39. I was like, what? You lied to me about your age? I've known you for four years. 
So you motherfuckers be lying his, about his, the dumbest shit, and they will keep that his, shit for yeah. years. Yeah. His college roommate is telling about how they played Atari in college. <laughs> <laughs> he knew your being... dad. He was good friends with your dad in like seventh grade. <laughs> it was great being grandfathered in. We could drink at 18 since we were born in the old days. Uh, on a rela- on a semi-related note, you know, uh, I founded a publishing company once upon a time. And this publishing company has soared without the involvement of yours truly. It's got written up in Rolling Stone magazine. Now they're making the rounds at Fangoria magazine, being interviewed by people. Uh, I have nowhere to go with this. It's just tangentially connected to what we were just talking about. But so do they, just know, do, they, uh, yes. do they show up on anything that people still read? Or are we still <laughs> pretending that Rolling Stone and Fangoria are things that anyone gives Well, them? actually, this is, this is what we can transition into because Fangoria was once owned by the producer of Shut In. It is no right. longer. But now there's a new company that has aligned with the Daily Wire, and that's produced this film, Shut In, which we're going to be talking about tonight. Now, Hans... You were very critical of this movie. Anthony, you were not as critical of this movie. And Jake, you weren't all that critical of the film at all. I think I think it would be good to start with Hans because he's going to be the most critical. And you're going to come with the fire. And then Anthony's going to extinguish it a little bit. And then Jake's going to put like a nice little cherry on top. So go ahead, Hans. You, you, you go ahead and, and blow your load all over this film. Uh, yeah, it was, it was fine. I, I I like how it was shot, but I, I didn't really care much about the story. And uh, I think uh, they probably should have used Vince Gallo a little bit more. Just Vince Gallo? Him. Yeah. He's that's called that's Vince. What I, that's what I call him. That's Prince what I call Vince. Him yeah. because he's, Prince Vince. Because he, he, rep, he replied to my Instagram message and was very polite. So I'm like, we're, we're friends now. What did you say so, to him? Uh, Vince, <laughs> I said, uh, I asked him if he wanted to be on the show and he was like, no, thank you. So I was like, oh, he said, it's like, it's no, not <laughs> He was like, oh, that's very polite. We're friends now. He's yeah. a very cordial guy. <laughs> I was not expecting a no, thank you. I was expecting a fuck no F word I can't say because YouTube will demonetize the video. But, you know, it's uh, it was, uh, it was uh, surprisingly that. nice. Yeah. Well, going to start. Uh, episode 300 going to start thinking about this <laughs> yeah we've like, every single videos, episode we've done for the past month has gotten hit with a copyright claim or uh, one of those sensors that they, they try to demonetize it with uh, Vincent Gallo <clears throat> my my one uh, nice experience with Vincent actually I had a few uh, over Instagram but he gave me the release date and the distributor of the Brown Bunny long before anyone else and I didn't tell anybody that I, I knew it was going to be limited Sorry, sorry yeah. Kino also, Corner, who bought a DVD for the same price a week before. <laughs> Did you get the Blu-ray? You got hell it. yeah, I got the Blu-ray. Wow. Also, uh, Loris was Loris was wearing the pants that he bought off Vince Gallo throughout the entire shoot of Mass State Lottery while directing you, it. So you, you wore them. I don't yeah, think I actually time. wore them I, to, to Massachusetts them. that time. He, I did. I have done it a sig- significant amount. <laughs> How, how, what's, what's the measurements there? What's he wearing? Uh, I think it's just, he's a size 34, I think. He's 34? Yeah. He's a he trim guy. Like now he's a trim guy. He's going to go to his. I would think a 32. <laughs> he looked like a 32. Maybe he just puts on a very, very 
tight. Maybe he's just got a fat ass. Maybe he's got a big meaty bottom on him. That Vincent. I've I met I met him once, and that was at Sean Lennon's record release party for a double disc that he had. Your friend Sean Ono Lennon. My friend. Sean Ono Lennon. Uh, He um, he was performing (laughs) at the Mercury Lounge. And oh, Yoko my was friend, there. My friend and Vince Sean. Was there. Oh. Well, well, that that was a different. I, I hung out with <laughs> Sean by himself, like like with a with a little group later on mm-hmm. another time. Right. But because I was dating Yoko Ono's personal assistant oh, right. for a while, yeah. and what? she was, was he, what? she was Benicio del Toro's ex girlfriend, and and I don't know if I could say her name, but I would. If I, I don't know if I can, but I could, t- but I could tell you guys, you guys can look at it. Yeah. But, yeah. but she, yeah, I'm well, I, I don't care. Right. Her name is Amanda yeah. Keeley. And so I was dating and she was like her, uh, uh, personal assistant for like a decade. And she was also a sculptor and that's what she does now. She like left the city and lives in Miami, but she brought me to this record release thing and Vincent Gallo came in. Now I, I hadn't known Vincent Gallo from when I was in Chicago and a young actor. And he was like who I wanted to emulate for a long time. Just in terms, I was just like, I kind of look like that guy. I'm Italian too. And, uh, and then I saw Arizona dream. Anyway. So I see the guys I've already like dressed like him, you know, like in my very ratchet and uh, rough trade kind of way, like just a leather jacket from the Goodwill and Levi's 501. So then he comes in, He's got his leather jacket on. He kind of like hugs the wall immediately. He's just kind of waiting downstairs for his friends so he, to go up to the VIP. He's saying hi to the bouncers and stuff. And I just like came up to him and I said, uh, hey, I'm I'm here with uh, Amanda. She said, uh, and he's like, oh, Amanda. Yeah. And then he shook his hand and I'm Vince. I said, yeah. And I said, people uh, think I uh, uh, look like you. Tell me I look like you. And he was like, and he was like, can you believe him? <laughs> and I said, and, uh, but he's, but he said it in a nice way. He's, and he was like, he's like, good to meet you, man. And then he just like, what? that was it. I mean, I was like 23 years old, you know? Yeah. yeah. You know, someone sent me on my Tumblr inbox Ooh. one time, you know, you look like Vincent Gallo if he ate too many sandwiches. <laughs> That's what I've gotten. <laughs> I've gotten well, on Twitter. I've gotten that, you look like Vincent Gallo if he was just a normal, handsome guy, and I feel like. All right, we get it. You get yeah. You you're get a good-looking guy. You're a handsome man. You Andy. get you get you get uh, perfume nationalist DMs. We understand. That. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm sure we've all sent a, a dick pic or two to Jack. You know, we love Jack. Nope. Not yet. We'll He's see. Nice I'm waiting I'm to get sure booked on, on the new season <laughs> no. of Perfume Nationalist before that happens. I, I, I'm willing to make a trade. We'll see. By yeah, the way, be, you want this dick? You want this dick? You tell me when we're going on that fucking show, you <laughs> motherfucker, you. <laughs> you want to be on the John Cassavetes episode of the Perfume Nationalist? <laughs> show me your gooch, Dolores. Show me, your, show me that bussy, boy. Show me that bussy. <laughs> so, Anthony, this is, go, this is going met, foul. This, this I'd, be is like, I'd be like, gladly. About, I'd be like, gladly, Jack. Here you are. <laughs> I you was going to put say, things in it? I'll put things in the bussy. Whoa. What do you want? That's extreme. That's inappropriate. Look, this is Daily Wire adjacent tonight. <laughs> I'm, sorry, okay? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Now, you've I, met I'm, Vincent Gallo. Jake here worked with Vincent Gallo for about a month. So... 
Jay, I, I, you got you to share some details on it. You got to break some information, some, some hard hitting facts about the man, the myth, the legend. So it's, so is it 34 or 32 genes? 34. He, what, Which one is? <laughs> was he the bulk of this movie's budget? I wish I knew. I can't even say definitively. What my, is my the gut budget? Says, uh, again, I never got uh, a solid number, but I'm pretty sure it was under $2 million. Oh, interesting. But I, ne- I, I never got it. I never I was never told officially what it was because I don't know. Line producers never like to let that stuff go around. It's, but it's kind of that, an awkward question to ask on set, too. Hey, what's so the, how much did this cost? It was a small set like, like our crew was maybe 35, 40 at most. It was mm-hmm. a really small crew because we only had two locations and I had worked with a lot of these people before previously so it wasn't out of the realm of possibility for me to be like hey yeah what, what kind of coin are we throwing huh your, your boy's putting in some long hours here at the old mill give him give you, me an extra ta- you... give me an extra little little crumb here or there go a long way but i never got the actual number but based on when vincent was landed for the film which was days before we started uh rolling i don't know i don't know how much he cost i um my impression was he did it more so as a favor. Yeah. He had been in contact with uh, Dallas Sonnier, the producer of the film, for years. And they'd been trying to work together as far back as Bone Tomahawk, I had heard. Wow. And oh, that's for, awesome. And for whatever reason, it just it just couldn't happen. And so Dallas got this, mo- this film in motion up at Daily Wire. And we got our two main leads, which were Randy Qualley, Margaret Qualley's uh, older sister, and then... Um, Jake Horowitz, who you might have seen in the movie uh, The Vast of Night, which I liked a lot, by the way. Um, and then he was in the Castle Freak remake as well. Um, and then, so I get to my hotel in Nashville. We're three days out from filming, and, and Dallas comes out of the elevator, just getting off the phone, and he's, like, dancing around. And he's just like, I just booked Vincent Gallo for Sammy. And I was like, oh, I, I thought we had a cat. I thought, we, I thought we had a cast. Uh, like no, what happened to that? Yeah, Jake, I, I remember you. Guy. <laughs> I remember you shooting me a text like, "You're you're not gonna believe. You can't say a, a word. You're not gonna believe who who they got." And immediately I was like, "There's no way it's Vincent Gallo." And lo and behold, it's Vincent Gallo out of retirement for the first time since 2013. So he he was MIA for a while, um, and did not act in anything, especially like domestic films. Um, the last thing he had acted in, I think, was The Legend of Casper uh, Hauser. And then he did a Japanese film where he did a, a cameo because they love him in Japan. So that, that's been about it as far as Gallo goes. And he shot Tetro in Italy. So <clears throat> it's been extremely serious. But do you know who was cast in that role or if anyone was cast? Yeah, was, it, was that was a very like last Fanny minute Fucci thing? Or like, like a Jackie, Jackie Harley. Jackie Earl Haley. What's his name? Jackie yeah, Earl Haley. No, I, I don't think Johnny so. Tucci. I don't think so because uh, the script, the Sammy character is actually supposed to be quite a bit younger. I don't know how old they're trying to convince people he is in, in the actual film that came out last night, but Vincent is 60 years old. Yeah. He doesn't he doesn't really look it. He, he, he's actually a pretty good looking guy like for his age, but... Um, my first thought when they put him in was like, this dude is 30 years older than the character is supposed to be. So uh, I think it was just one of those things that they, they needed somebody 
that was really going to provide some extra sting to the cast. And they, they, they couldn't have done a better job because to me, Vincent is far and away the best part of the movie. Yeah. Uh, and, and, he, and he was while filming. Now that, that's not to discredit anybody. Like Randy did a fantastic job. She had a lot of hard stuff to do on set. There was just two weeks where she just had to drain herself for 12 hours a day and just go nuts. And uh, Jake was on set about half the time because he didn't have as many scenes, but uh, you know, he, he had to, there were some long hot days on that set in the middle of Nashville, middle of Tennessee rather uh, in that house. And, so everybody did a fantastic job, but I think Vincent just added an energy to the character that when I first read the script, I was like, eh, it's all right. Uh, it, it got so much buzz from the blacklist and from Hollywood producers and whatnot. I didn't see it, to be honest. I thought I thought the script was pretty solid, but it was missing, I think, some more definition to the to the antagonists. Mm-hmm. And yeah. And so, yeah, when Vincent came in and did it the way he did it, he just added more dimensionality than the script even had. So we'll start with the good. Uh, I think this movie was very well shot, uh, given yeah. the limited locations and what they had to work with and knowing what the, the production budget was. Shot um, by fellow Greek, uh, Lorez, a fellow Greek man like yourself. So Yeah, you I know his old. name. I know the guy's name, and I could never pronounce his last name. It's so fucking <laughs> I got old. it. I, I had to practice it on set. Constantinopolis. Yep, Akis Constantinopolis. Gukaka something. It's always it's always Anopolis. <laughs> what are you saying? Anopolis. It, it was it was I think that's a Chinese last name. Because he's because <laughs> he's actually from like Athens. So when I talk to him, I, like, lot... I have this different way I talk to Greek people. It's like talking to Italian yeah. people, but just with with a lot of <laughs> sounds. Just in talking it. down more to them, like they're of low Retarded. intelligence. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I just yeah, like, hey. a lot of G's, a, a G's, a lot of K's, and a lot of I's on their names. So, yeah. So <laughs> sure, sure. Gunkarakis, this guy. You yeah. look. You're gonna get this demonetized anyway, without even trying, huh? <laughs> oh shit. Um, oh I, shucks. I, I thought the lead actress. I I did not Sorry. buy her as a tweaker, but I thought she was very good. Uh, I thought she carried the movie very well, uh, even if I didn't buy her necessarily or her background as that character. I was thinking maybe like Amber from 16 and Pregnant. Amber from <laughs> Teen Mom seasons one and two might have been a more that type of gal. Yeah. Amber Tamblin or something. Are we pretending that we know who this person is? Hans, pull like up j- just real quick. Let's acquaint the audience. Uh, pull up Amber from Sixteen and Pregnant, please. Okay. You, you know, for for a, for a thirty-one, thirty-two-year-old man, Lorez has a very feminized view of television. All these, all these reality shows. <laughs> I like real yeah. human emotional drama, Jake. That's all it comes down to. You're, a sixteen-year-old girl has a child. That's a that's are, a, an emotional experience. You're one of a few people I know that still talks about Big Brother. I've I haven't watched. Three minutes of that show. Ever. Well, Chris Kattan just quit Celebrity Big Brother because he his back is a mess. That is not her. Wow, that's a horse mouth <laughs> bitch. How about we get to Amber from Teen Mom? She was, uh, yeah, that actress was really good. The the uh, Andy McDowell's daughter. I didn't know that that was Andy McDowell's daughter. Uh, I guess yeah, that's just not her accent, right? That's Wait, not her real that, accent. Can, can we but talk about no. how women women that had gums this big you should never trust? <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
No, no. I, I believe actually Rainey's from South Carolina or, or oh. she, she did have a Southern accent growing up and that was part of like the presser that came out about the movie was that she had to revert to her Southern accent, which she spent her adolescence training away. So, right. By the way, my whole life trying not to be white trash. Now I just, um, I, I have I to say uh, her mom is a, is just a, a you know, a void Stunner. of charisma, just a very dull, boring woman <laughs> in every film, especially what? sex lies and videotape. Andy McDowell? Yes. Now, Isn't Andy, you're, you're a bit older than me, so you're you're probably more of the school, like, oh, she was a Isn't young, she... attractive girl. Now she's just a ha- boring old hag to me. Isn't so like, she wow. in Groundhog Day? Yeah, she's wow. in Groundhog Day. It's Bill Murray's love interest. Yeah. Fantastic she's, film. She she is so, you know what? She, uh, actresses, you know, you know, let's let's be real here, yeah. okay? No, actresses are not going to be. Meryl Streep is not a good actress. I'm sorry, she's not a good actress. What a woman, a good actress, was a woman is, is that she she imper- she uh, she embodies femininity. She's she's the 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 matriarchal. You know, she's the 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 woman and the, the sorry the whore and the mother in the same fucking thing. That if you can master that shit, if you can master that role. As a woman, you're a fucking great actress. And Annie McDowell, she does it effortlessly. What like about you just Tilda fall Swinton? In love with her, a, a, and you a, don't a, even want to have sex with a, her until a, you're a, married. Anthony, you I'm don't even want to have sex there. with her until you're married. You want to, you want to have a. a... <laughs> I'm going to stop you there. Uh, j- just so you know, Randy goes out with Bill Pullman's son, so you're out of luck. What? Oh boy. <laughs> I- Anthony's like, uh, yeah, she's very sexy and leave it just, to me. I ran into Margaret. <laughs> I, I saw Margaret Qualley. I saw Mar- Margot. I saw Margot, little Margot in Soho. And uh, she was just kind of looking down at the ground. And she looked up and I was like, oh. And she was like, oh. She looked very. Did you lock like, eyes with her? Did you those those like series of noises were made. Oh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she looks very like, you're Wait, weird. Exactly. Is that the girl from Netflix's Maid? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hans, right. can we get that? What, what are you doing with the, the teen mom? You get this off here. Can well, we, you you never pulled me, up. You asked we're not watching this. it. I, I just, I meant a photo of uh. Amber from 16 <laughs> Pregnant. Jesus fucking Christ. What are we? I don't. There she is. is That's that her. Not? That could have been the star of this movie. Ooh, look at that caricature. Oof. You would believe, <laughs> you would believe Big her oof. as the lead of this film. Shut in. That's what they should have done, <laughs> right? What the fuck? Is yeah, sure. that's her. That that would be her. Seriously, that would be her. This guy, this dude, her boyfriend Gary, who impregnated her. You could picture him hanging out with a child molester, bringing Actually, him around the yeah. kids. Look at that! Look at that shut nugget. There you go. This is sh- this, this is, is the real shut in. This is shut in directed by Larry Clark. (laughs) 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 Like, like really though, it it would be one of those movies. If you did shut in like this, it would become an instant cult classic. It would be like, it it would, you know, it was what precious was trying to do, Mm -hmm. but precious was just too foul. You you need, uh, you need the fine hand of a Larry Clark to, uh, Make yeah. that shit palatable. Yeah. Instead yeah, of yeah. as funny as that movie is, that movie has no right to be as funny as. <laughs> I think has, that's where the. It has every right. The Oscars <laughs> fell off is when they gave Monique that Academy Award for Best Actress. Oof. Yeah. Just because he got, what, like a, a bucket of chicken. 
into her head. Hey, come on. What are you what are you saying here? Jeez, all the <laughs> racism coming from Hans's camera. The cinematologist is a great fucking handle that you have there. It's very clever. Oh, thanks. It's it's I came great, up with it's it. a great name. I came up with it when I was a wee lad and I couldn't think of anything else, but and, and so what what were you doing on Shut In? What was your official title? Uh, I was just set PA. I was I was pretty much the cast PA on that. So I okay. namely what I was doing was just making sure all the cast was comfortable, ready ahead of time, and then just wrangling them to set, making sure they were mic'd up. Pretty basic stuff. So um not a producer role just yet, maybe maybe soon, but who knows? Uh but the the fun thing about that was yeah, um how personal the whole experience was because like i said it was a small crew and not to mention we had dj caruso hired on to direct this this film who uh if anybody kind of like film buffs like us kind of know what he's done he's made box office hits he's made 80 million dollar movies 50 million dollar movies and for him to come on this tiny little production uh again like i said with me not being super impressed by the script especially after all the buzz when we got him on board as director and then Vincent as the Sammy character, I thought this might have a chance to exceed the material. And when I watched it last night, I, it pretty much hit exactly how I thought it was going to. It still had the problems in the script that, uh, that I felt were there, but in terms of actual directing and acting, it it was all good. It just, for me, it was um, the second act kind of becomes a slog. And then the, the, the break into the third act is too sloppy there's like five missing minutes there yeah. where I think the Sammy character needs to be developed more because Vincent did as much as he could possibly do. He added a duality to the character that wasn't there in the script where he's sinister and painstaking on one side, but then you can see this broken, pathetic part of him. Mm-hmm. That was all Vincent. That was all his performance uh, in the, in the text of the script. It's not there. Um, and I think, uh, sorry uh one of the biggest problems that this movie had was that um when when you have when you have a movie where let's say 60 percent of it happens in one room you have to make sure that you establish everything that happens in outside of that room or the characters that are going to be interacting with the character inside of that room properly so that you care uh, my biggest issue was that I just didn't care for what was happening because I don't think because we don't know where she's pissing, we don't know where she's shitting, she, her mm-hmm. bowels right. are I, being. That's, I was no, like, no, hold no, on, no. hold many, on, hold on. How did you miss the shot where she pees in a jar? Where's the well, shit? What about her? Where's the fecal man? The that's what I'm wondering. <laughs> Is it all just in that hole she dug? Where's that going? That was one of the things that I text Loris. I was like, hold on a second. How many days has this girl gone without taking a poop? Hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> hold on. <laughs> we should make the sequel with Hans trapped in a room for like three days. It's and just, he just opens the door and it's just it's a video of Hans shitting in a hole for three days. <laughs> well, I thought the movie was beautifully shitting. shot. It was it was perfectly beautifully. It really is. It's it's uh, immediately it's the first thing you you notice. Like this is really well made. The one thing that's I think missing is a type of cinematography that gives you a geography of where you're right. at you, yeah. instead of so, it, it's, it's a lot of like overhead close-up yeah. shots of her hands stuff that she's doing it's kind of like you don't know where she is or what the situation is because you're not really seeing a lot now if she was what I'm, i guess what i'm saying is like if you had someone like peck and paw right 
to direct that movie, Peck and Paul would direct it. And, and especially, it was very Peck and Paul-esque. It was a Peck and Paul script in a sense. It had all the motions in there to be this like suspenseful. Also, the the Christ being uh, used as you know she's looking at it as this kind of worthless crucifix thing, and it ends up becoming this tool that she's able to. And I I thought that was a beautiful little like propagandistic twist that was like a positive one that we don't see anymore um, because of the, the, the sort of uh, stagnated, uh, what you were talking about, that slog that you get, those moments are almost like um, those moments are missed in a way. I, they're, they're because, because they're so blatant at that point, instead of a sense of like um, emergency or something, or, of, you know, something that you go, you think about later, you're like, Oh, the fucking crucifix. But you're in, because it's that slog, you're like in the moment seeing all that, propaganda and i which i believe most of it in the film is like that's good propaganda that's that's what we should be seeing some of i mean at least you know i mean if we're gonna get gender goblins and the marvel movies and stuff and you know gay people kissing and stuff like well we should at least have some like some stuff like this and i think that it had it 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 if it wasn't for what you were talking about that slog that i agree with you know we're so blatant um a little more subtlety would have would have worked. It's, I, and and I, I, just, I just think development too is um, where I got hung up because most of people, most of the people in our circle, so to speak, I, if you look out in on, online, the, the common folk, if you want to call them that, yeah. as I say, from the my simple tense, love them. My movie. grand high chair <laughs> made of made of cardboard. The 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 simpletons generally like this movie quite a bit. Yeah. It, uh, but people in our circle had a couple issues with it. I know yeah. Kino Corner said not enough Vincent. Now you wouldn't have got that got that impression working behind the scenes. But I think it's again, it's just where I thought the script fell a little short. Well, Jake, I, I wanted five to five minutes with the script. Was that character Sammy the main antagonist, or was it the boyfriend? Because the way that this is set up, the way his character is killed off is so uneventful and quick, and it's like. We didn't even get to see him take the bullet. It should have been the event of the movie that this creep has just been off. But instead, it feels kind of like um, you watch Dexter, right? Did you ever see the season of Dexter with Jimmy Smith's season three? (laughs) Which I know you loved. (laughs) They kill off Jimmy Smith's in like episode 10 or 11 of 12. And then you're just kind of lingering afterward. And you got this other guy who's also a villain who no one gives a shit about. I don't even think he speaks English. And then that's like the the remainder. And this is kind of how this movie acts, where you have the Vincent Gallo pedophile killed off about 30 minutes from the end, and then we're hanging out with the boyfriend for 15 minutes. And then we're supposed to be like, all right, well, the real victory is his death. But I didn't even really buy this guy as this character. I would have bought it more if you had the Sammy character roughing up the... the, the, uh, Sorry, what's the actress's name? Margot Qualley? uh, Rainy Qualley. Uh, her character and he's just kind of cucked out like oh fuck i, I don't even want to i'm this just isn't happening kind of like alexander skarsgård and, and straw dogs to mention peck and paw where his friend comes in and rapes his girlfriend after he's done having his way with her it was more of a situation like that where he throws her in the closet and does all that i didn't get the vibe that this guy the boyfriend the the, the father of kids would would be capable of that he seems more like the slimy yeah, look, maybe I slept with the girl at the checkout at the local grocery store, but I want you to take... He's more that guy than mm-hmm. I'm going to smack you around and I'm going to hold you at gunpoint so you take the, the meth. You know, this I, is, I just this, didn't buy yeah. it. 
No, this this is, the, uh, but I think that this is. I don't know. Maybe you know more, Jake, than than I do about the process of making this movie in terms of like consultants. You know, you need like like this is what happens when conservatives make a movie about drug addicts is that none of them have fucking smoked meth or something, so <laughs> you know, they don't know like like like. No, no, no! Like you, you shit your pants like about hour three, you know. <laughs> like you know, like to have all of that. That was one thing too, where I was like, "Wait, so you're he's making you feel insecure about your masculinity, and you want meth, so you're gonna punch the mother of your children, yeah. and then you're going to leave the if like wouldn't you if he's gonna go that far with her and like hammer her into the fucking pantry." Wouldn't he just like take the kids and sell them? That's what I would do. I'm like, if I'm gonna, if I'm going that far, we're either gonna eat these fucking kids or we're gonna sell these fucking kids. And you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, like, like I wanted to, feed, and I do think that that is that sense of you know the, this the conservative like let's not go too far with this evil shit. Well, well the the, the funny thing is if if you want to get into like a philosophical kind of definition of it, the the writer Melanie Toast. Um, I think she's a bit of a lefty from what I understand. Oh. She, she wasn't on set for this production. Um, wow. Well, this script was acquired when, when uh, bonfire legend was still Cinestate, and this was tied up at new line cinema for a number yeah. of years. So but, this was supposed to be like a conventional uh, studio okay. film. Okay. It, it, it was. Yeah. And then whatever happened happened. I mean, you can, you can look at podcasts, the parties involved kind of simple went down with that. So I won't summarize that, but Melanie, um, she was, offered to be on set for the production and i i don't know she just couldn't she's off to doing bigger and better things right now she has a great agency right now she uh, rumor was clint eastwood was looking at a script of hers and oh wow yeah but but yeah to, to touch on like the philosophical or ideological paintings to this movie it's yeah she's a i believe she's a bit on the left but there, there's definitely i think some naivety there when it comes to the portrayal of some of the logic from the addicts and whatnot, but I, I, I mean, trust me, there, there's things you could definitely pick out. And do, what it's, I just keep falling back, it's yeah. what, what I just keep falling back on is just um, the breaks between the acts. They, they, they're either too convenient, or they just, yeah. or, or they're missing something. That that's the main thing. That the movie's not very long. Its final cut seemed like it was maybe an 85 minute cut. Yeah. Um, I think, I, I think it needed 10 minutes, five, 10 minutes to, to add in just that much more development of the antagonist. Because everything else, you, you could have kept the same. If that. there was a, like a scene or something that could have established her relationship with her, her uh, you know, the, the guy, and maybe you feature Sammy in that a little bit, it feels a little rushed where it's like they're in the home and then everything's escalating and you get to it a little too quick. And then it wraps up a little too quick. I think we needed to be out of that house just just a smidge, just one scene there, one scene there, and it would have went a long way. I think uh, my biggest issue was that pretty much. Uh, have, you, you, I'm sure you guys have seen Panic Room, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Where, where you have the Forrest Whit- Whitaker character, you got the Dwight Yoakam character, and I don't remember who the third actor is. Jared Leto. Jared Leto, yeah. So, so, so. Uh, most of the movie, you have these two characters that are inside of her room uh, and it's very tense and a lot of things happen, but you get the point of view from the, the, the people that are, are going into this house that even though you don't really know anything about their background or anything, uh, 
just the fact that they're breaking in and they're a threat is enough uh, for you to care about the two characters are inside of this uh, safe room, a panic room or whatever. I feel like uh, this movie, I, uh, I, I, I like the way it was shot, but the, the villains, uh, I, I, I didn't think of them as a threat at all. And I feel like a lot of that has to do with the fact that we stayed with the main character for most of the movie where a lot of the time she was just doing nothing. She was just in the room just being like, well, what do I do here? Let me see if I can find out something to do instead of finding out why she's actually being trapped or caught or in this room from the other characters. So that way, when they get hurt or when anything happens to them, you actually care. Um, the fact that uh, we stayed with her the whole time where, she, where uh, you know, nails are being... Uh, I guess poke through the to the door because he's like, oh, I, I, I don't even remember what he said, but 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 I'm just like, okay, so why can't we see the point of view from the evil or like the bad guys where we can see what their <laughs> you know reasoning is for all of whatever they're doing, and instead we're just sitting here with this girl who's sitting inside of this r- room, I guess, uh, and then this shit's happening. He's like, all right, well, I guess I. Um, a Panic Room is a movie that came came uh, to mind right away as as like a, we're gonna have a little bit a little bit of point of view of the villains so that the movie feels more of like a threat or more of like a you know uh, there, there, there's a, a reasoning why these people are doing this instead of just you know oh there, there's a baby on the the door so now I'm gonna tell her to go eat you know which is what this <laughs> girl did <laughs> pretty much you know hey. Have food, uh, but but the the villains were never really set up as anything villainous, I guess. So whenever the, you know, the Vince Gallo set on fire, well, he didn't do anything wrong. Shit, he was just like trying it's... to get his payday. Exactly. He didn't molest the kids or right. nothing. He gets set on fire. Right. His hand gets fucked up. What just to get a little yeah. bit of meth, some money? I don't yeah, know. I thought it was uncalled so, for. So... I think he's the real victim of the film. <laughs> He's the real hero of the movie. Real hero. True hero. He was trying to shut those kids up. It was so annoying. You could kind of like go after this movie, but I mean, at the end of the day, it's actually compared to what's being released, it was a it it, it held its own to those movies. It was a it was a small smaller movie it was uh not like midsummer but like the uh what's that movie witcher or something yeah like you know everyone gives that movie a lot of like everyone pumps that movie up then we fucking boring until the last like three minutes when you see all the the bit the naked ugly fat bitches floating and i'm like yeah i want to see this movie and then they end it there like what the fuck was that and and uh this movie i thought like it just held it holds its own in terms of an and like like he said it was like two million dollar budgets like an independent film i think they needed somebody like gallo to legitimize what they're doing over there i don't think that 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 the project itself like the company itself is doing anything wrong i think they're starting up there's going to be a lot of speed bumps they got to get people over there and go hey we can kind of um do some creative stuff over there the only thing i hope is that i don't know what what it's like over there i hope it's Yes, can you know you can come be conservative and whatever your your stuff is, but hopefully they don't like have to give you like restrictions in terms of what the creative process is. And and one of the things that like was really kind of cringe to me was in the beginning and the end with Jeremy Boring, 
and he was he's like one of the producers. Of I thought it was Alfred Hitchcock introducing. No, 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 dummy. It was William Castle. Oh. Yeah, and and uh, and he was like, who I think Andrew Claven Claven is a much better speaker. I used to listen to his podcast. Claven's actually super cool. Sp- like I actually like him out of all those personalities. He, he's the guy that just rings truest to me. Claven, I, and I never met him. Claven or yeah, Claven, uh, yeah, Claven. Cool. Jared Taylor. Yeah, he's he's very kind of down to. He, yeah, I really like. I I just really like his perspective on things. But Jeremy Bo- and Jeremy Boring's fine too. I just think like coming out and being like, we made this movie. Because Hollywood was afraid to. Now, this woman, she's a whore, and she deserves everything she gets. <laughs> but uh, she, she she blames the world for it. Like, wait, 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 wait. I don't need the fucking message, bro. Like, just just say, here's our movie. Thanks for watching. Subscribe to Daily Wire if you really like it. Bye. <laughs> and then play the fucking movie. Not like we are brave, and we are an alternative to Hollywood. Like, it's a calling card. I get it. Awesome. But uh, it's it's kind of like it, it, inside baseball. Like that should be played to like the inner circle peoples, not to everybody to be like – because I was just like, why am I watching? Right. Well, <laughs> well, they're coming at it from a difficult position because, yes, it does attract the people who are not subscribed, who aren't like tuned into whatever Daily Wire is doing. Don't, don't watch the Candace Owens show that they broadcast every week <laughs> like my mom does on what is it, the Roku app or something. Um, but – for their audience, I mean, they, they've got tons of subscribers. They've got all, all sorts of hundreds of thousands of people probably that are well, did you see um, the... in focus there. They have to be able to position that to them, and they're not a movie crowd necessarily. So it's just... Yeah. Not yet. Not As yet. a quick not aside, yet. did you see how much they jumped up in revenue from year to no. year? No. They, they went from $65 million in revenue in like 2020 to last year. They, they broke $100 million in, in wow. revenue. That's so that's, that's a ton wow. of money. I'll just say this. I was told roughly how much they net profit. I'm not going to say it for disclosure, but um, with what they pull in, they could make a lot of stuff like on the scale of shut in and whatnot. So based on the numbers, it looks like they've, they've got promise to just keep peddling out stuff. So I saw I, yeah I saw the trailers too. Um, I thought the 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 Carano movie looked fucking cool, where she's like licking blood off a knife and it's like the prairie oh, man, shit. Yeah. That'll be prairie porn. Episode. I love. That yeah, shit. Jake, you worked on on that one as well. I mean, how did that shoot compare to this one on Shut In? Just in terms of like the elaborateness of it and oh, how, the smoothness overall. Uh, Terror on the Prairie was a tough shoot. It, it was a tough shoot, but it was the best time I've, I've ever had on set by far. Um, Shut In was was a fun experience. It was great That's working rude. with... Uh, what was that? That's rude. What did I say? What did I say? You didn't enjoy having donuts with us at 11 p.m. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, okay. Trying okay. to get some I, sugar I and some that. energy at two in the morning. I, I recant that. Us all sitting in the car in a blizzard, huffing each other's farts. Oh, man. each other's? Yeah. No, come on. It's all this guy up here in the corner. <laughs> but um, no, shutting was great. Uh, it was a great experience uh, working with somebody like DJ Caruso, who actually uh, was pretty cool to me. Gave me some. Great feedback. Seeing a guy like him operate, then seeing a king of a character actor like Vincent do his thing was great. But 
there was a total different energy on terror on the prairie and that that was a tough shoot man we were out in paradise valley in montana for four weeks the windiest valley in the country wow and we were hit with a bunch of snow on the first couple days of shooting and then with all that with with that temperature and with like 40 mile an hour winds at night it was it was a crazy shoot but just there was such a great spirit on it we had an amazing crew we had um actually an oscar winner on our crew jeff dawn who's done the makeup for 25 30 schwarzenegger films including terminator 2 and predator and everything so i got to work with some amazing people and then I assistant directed a good chunk of the movie too, which was pretty crazy. Wow. Um, yeah. Yeah. Through the kitchen sink at me for that one. Um, wow. That's amazing. That's really cool. That's a big fucking job. It, 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 dude, it was, it was, I, it was pretty crazy. And whereas um, when I read the script for shut in and I thought there's something here, if a guy like DJ and, and Vincent can kind of team up and really really work hard on this and, and i think it did like if you want a two second kind of review of shut in for me i think it's solid i think it's exactly what it is and for the more general crowd that daily wire is broadcasting toward i, I mean the proof is in the pudding they like it i think for good reason but for guys like us who are a bit more critical those things are going to stand out so for me it's like it's like a solid i'd say six and a half um, yeah what what did you come away from with both sets having having um you know you know labored uh, on them where what did you feel was going to be the better film upon its release when you wrapped shut in or terror on the prairie terror on the prairie definitely definitely Terror on the prairie looks like it's like whoa there's there's been looks like a lot of time was spent on that in terms of now what is this carrie carrie yules what, what is his name the dude from uh carrie always yeah sure yeah, carrie always he's what is yeah. this movie that he's doing? I, for this I, dude, I had I I heard about that oh, yesterday. Oh, I, I had no idea that was even a thing. And then I see this trailer last night, and Carrie Elwes, who's not even close to the right, per what I understand, it just seems like they got that in acquisitions. But that looks um, that looks like a latter day Super Eight without. James. Super no, eight. No, no. I thought it Not was like super sky eight. high. The no, no, no. Super, down on his like Kurt Russell super period from, movie. I, I, super that, from James Gunn. It kind of looks like. That. Oh yeah, yeah. It looked. It looked like. Um. Like no, don't do that. Yeah, <laughs> that was like. I was like, what the fuck is this? Uh, what are we you know, in you know, my, for my tonight? Problem, my problem with that project so far, it's like they're they've got three movies coming out, and they're all like female protagonists and oh. their entire thing all of them are like where are the, the male role models for the young men and what you know you know why is it just women being badasses and and now these women are, at least so far are badasses <laughs> but they're still like the leads of the thing and i'm going like well where's the where's the male role models for where the, the dudes and i love at, vincent bro. gallo but you know wearing gucci sneakers and being a child molester is not exactly a good look it's a great look. Yeah. Gucci's <laughs> always a good look. Hans, what is this? What is house it? of Gucci. So I didn't know what you guys were talking about, Carrie Owens stuff, but uh, this is like a Nazi movie that he did in last year. Okay. Like, this is the other, like a Netflix. Oh, uh, here's Christmas what's very sad did. about this Castle for Christmas movie is this is Mary Lambert of Pet Cemetery one and two fame. Wow. This is what, what wound up uh, 
becoming her career. Brooke Shields. Damn, she was a good director. Uh, Brooke <laughs> Shields. Man, she was a Brooke babe Shields. 30 years ago. Yes. Um, yeah, I'm hoping. Yeah, yeah, so I just, I hope they get some like young actors. Or, you know, what I thought would have been cool is that I, I thought if, if, it, if they gave Vincent like a budget to do his own shit, but I don't know if he, they would. Yeah, he, um, he was talking a little bit about stuff behind the scenes he says he's done acting he said this like i said my i was under the impression he did it as a favor this movie he's not acting anymore that's that's what he says he he said he would like to continue to direct but he's chilling out in tucson on his ranch enjoying enjoying his livelihood making music at home uh he told me a little bit about the film that he made with um sage stallone you probably know about that, Lorenz. Yeah, I think that's called the agent. No, it's it's something like what's it? It has like flower in the title. Promises written yeah, in it's water. Flowers or oh, Say it again. Uh, the third film that premiered at uh, Cannes or Sundance, and he pulled it right afterwards, called Promises Written in Water. Yeah. Oh, it could have been that one. Yeah, but um, yeah, he said he just hasn't let it out. He was talking about stuff like that. Yeah, I, I don't know what he wants to do. I'm sure. I'm is he sure like a he... fun. Is he like a fun guy? Like, is he like a like like what is he like? like what, I, I guess I'm, I'm more. What you see in interviews, it's exactly what you get. Which is when when we had him fly in. Which apparently this is funny. When he flew into Nashville, apparently that was that was his first time on a plane in 30 years. He what? just he just well, domestically. Because he had been to Italy and stuff like that, but he never flew domestically in the United States. He he was, I guess, driving all across the country, kind of like how he does in Brown Bunny. Um, so when he was showing up, I didn't know what to expect. And we had like our interns go and pick him up. And so what I told them, I just said, hey, guys coming from Tucson, he hasn't been in a movie in 10 years. Uh, if he's uncomfortable or anything, just just let him chill or whatnot. But the first thing I heard back is that, like, oh, this guy's great. And then working with him the next four weeks, I, I mean, it, it's it's almost anticlimactic. He's just a really nice guy. He's a really, really nice guy. Um, everything you see on the screen, like him talking, it, it's what you get. If you ask him certain questions, he'll answer them candidly and carelessly. He'll say whatever he wants and... People don't mind it. Well, people didn't mind it on set, really. Um, but he's he's immensely friendly, and he just has his way of doing things. Like he, it's now. I said he did this as a favor, but he did commit to this role. So if you didn't notice, he surgically removed a tooth for this for this film. Uh, he went to the dentist days before flying in from Tucson, and he got one of his his uh, canines. I think he got pulled out. Wow. And I hope he. I put I hope he put it back. Um <laughs> and then I don't know if this is for real, but there were rumors that to stay in character and to give the best performance he Uh-oh. could. He Uh-oh. didn't Where shower. Oh. He, he didn't shower for the entirety of the shoot. I think that's just his regular thing. <laughs> He's just up in Tucson, like making music. I thought about him, like when when the lockdown happened, I was like, "This is great because this is that's usually what I always do. I'm just always on lockdown. I never really go outside, and I don't really shower either." So when you're telling, and I was, when I think about Vincent Gallo, who's like a no, well known 
recluse. And when you see him, he's always kind of stringy haired and just kind of shy and like, you know, sort of um, impolite, uh, but, but, but looks like he's been inside for a long time. He's probably just not showering ever. He's just like, he's like, I, I did it for the role. <laughs> but, <laughs> Actually just like that. No, he, he's, he, he, he's super like, um, he, he's, he's, he's incredible in anything he's in. That just bar none. He's just a natural actor. He's got the gift. And quality. then he, he's just, he's a professional guy in every sense of the word, but then he's just also himself. He's, he's just one of the more genuine people you'll, you'll meet because again, what you see is what you get. And, and he's plenty friendly. And there was a lot of buzz about him on set. Like most of the people on set didn't know who he was, but myself and maybe a few others had, had known about him. And uh, so word spread quickly and everybody, everybody was kind of curious to see how he was and, he does seem t- he does seem his he I mean, he may not look his age, but he does seem a little tired. So is it really his dick on Brown Bunny, or is it like a fake? Penis? He, That's he, still he swears by it that it's his. That's his dick. But he he seemed he seems a little like when he was getting stabbed. He's like ah, <laughs> I've seen him <laughs> in other movies, like the funeral or something, go a little wilder. You know, like and then he's like mm-hmm. ah, oh. Uh, yeah. well, again, he's also been out of you for ten years. I mean, I I would love to I would love to see. I wish he he would act more because I would love to see him in more of like um straight roles and doesn't have to be lead roles, but just like you know. Uh, well, one of the cool things I can tell you from said from a, a personal conversation I had with him, and, and we he we had a couple because everybody was talking to him. He gave a great story about um about Goodfellas, I can maybe say that, but then he, he gave one that I specifically asked him about Buffalo 66. And so I walk up to him and I say, Hey Vincent. And he gave me this reply most days, like in the morning, Hey, Hey, I do him, buddy. Like it was every day. That's what I would hear. And so I asked him, I said, in the ending sequence of um, Buffalo 66, where you shoot the dude in the nightclub and there's that whole faux kind of freeze frame sequence. I asked him how he did it because I, th- I thought it was pretty, pretty sweet i don't know if you yeah. guys have heard yeah how he accomplished that effect didn't i didn't hear it. yeah he and he professed that he was um he was like the only one to really do it at this time he bought a high-speed camera that I, I forget what the specialty was typically for but it shot at about two or three hundred frames a second and so when he did these uh evident freeze frames which had like motions in the takes and actions and whatnot what he would do is, and per his own words, he said he did it because he said his cameraman couldn't film himself in a mirror if he tried. <laughs> uh, he would just have the the actor take their mark for like a second, <clears throat> take the camera, and he'd roll it for about a second and move it like that. So he'd go action, cut, and then in post would slow it down to 24 frames a second. So when you take 300 frames from a one second take you can stretch it out to this almost frozen still image that you can you can get a fluent movement out of in, in a 24 fps yeah so because i said i was like dude how the heck did you do that it was only it was only a 1.5 million dollar movie buffalo 66 and he assured me that he was like the first to do that 
And he says, hey, what do they do a year later? The Super Bowl? The, uh, Budweiser does the same thing. They copied me. <laughs> he's, yeah, he's got that New York. Uh, my, my, the, the second second I work with has the same, hey, hey, don't bow, how you doing? All right, yeah, yeah, good to see you, Tony. Okay, hey, yeah, yeah. It's got the same, like, New York. Uh, those are characters, man, those people. But, like, they're, they're like a certain type of Italian-American Oh yeah, kind of character. But, yeah, he, but he's as Italian as they come too. His parents are fresh out, out of <laughs> Sicily, apparently. Yeah, I think it was kind of like when he did that interview with that Japanese guy, and then he like sued that guy. But he was, uh, I always felt like um, he's kind of really down on himself. But he did have a point when he was talking about Buffalo '66. <clears throat> like Buffalo '66 was a box office bomb. It was a bomb. It didn't make any money. I lost money on that. And then, you know, so I could kind of understand, like, when you think of the great sort of filmmakers, especially like Peter Bogdanovich and, and you know, like these littler guys, uh, you, you got Casavetes as well. You got yeah. um, Ray Fulson and Smith. stuff. You, you, you got these yeah. guys doing their like first films like Dennis Hopper. I know he'd been around yeah. for a while, but I understand like uh, <clears throat> the guy's position of saying like, look, you know, that you get one shot. And I had the shot and it didn't make like 30, 40, 50 million dollars to to get people interested, to give him more money. And so Brown Bunny, it's almost like made off of everything he had left and like whatever he could kind of get together. It's it's um it's a kind of a base take to look for, for himself to say, you know, because he's beloved by like so many people. But at the same time, it's like uh, <clears throat> I understand them, his sort of conflict there it's like yeah dude i would love to make movies but nobody's giving me any fucking money because i mm-hmm. i i bombed and and you know if they but if they did a re-release of a dvd a blu-ray or whatever special collectors of buffalo 66 yeah. with a with a right. with a vincent gallo doing a commentary uh, i well, think that like happened, that would right? fucking sell the fuck out it? did it, is, it is that is that that happened with the blu-ray that lores got yeah he, he sells like it all in doesn't he he was like weirdo, like I'm gonna write on this with a Sharpie thing and then a hundred bucks for a Blu-ray, right? Lorex? A hundred bucks? What are you talking about? No, there was the distribution fee for Enjoy the Ride Records. Now I'll tell you what, right now I have that brown bunny Blu-ray. And I gotta tell you, I unfortunately have to say it's pretty cheap. Now it looks good. <clears throat> it looks good, but there's literally, you know, you pop the movie in. And it looks good in a 480p though, right? Well, I don't, I don't know if it's actually sourced to 480p or if it is a, a proper 1080p. Um, but what it says when you pop the, the disc in, it says play movie. And you either click that or you don't click that. And if you click that, you'll get the movie. And once the movie concludes, that's about it. You're paying 75 bucks for that. So it's literally just a HD copy, the best copy that's probably sourced. Of the film, that's all you're getting. Uh, it did come with a nice, you know, cardboard thing over it, and then a, a, a woman of color performing oral sex on possibly Vincent Gallo, possibly some other man, uh, with a note. That's what you're getting. No, what was shut in shot on film, or what did they use? No, it was digital. It was digital. Which, <laughs> yeah, which... I don't know. I don't know. I mean, the scariest 61st was shot on film, so. No, oh, I'm uh, sorry. What, it's just it's just like a funny transition from <laughs> what Lord yeah, yeah, from from 
All right, well, never mind. From uh, interracial. I know, oh, I know. Sorry, dude. I, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I, I'm like, I know. I, I'm sorry. I'm, Anthony, I'm Anthony's like, you put interracial <laughs> fellatio in his head, and he's like, you know what? What about what about hey, Codex? What about I the just texture? don't want this to get demonetized. I just yeah. don't want it to get demonetized. I was trying what to about, steer it away from uh, interracial interbreeding. I mean, Jesus Christ. No, but... <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> what yeah, so Shutter was shot digitally, uh, but what... A thing I do like about the film and going back to cinematography, unlike I would say almost even most films today, it's a huge contention I have with, with a lot of productions today. Uh, shut in 90% of the movie is really dirty, misty, and, uh, and has this dusty look to it from the texture of the house. And it transcends to the, the overall image, which most films even even given their premises, I call it the CW look. And I see it in way too many films today to, to tolerate. That ultra warm, incredibly lit, everything looks yeah. thick and span. Yeah. Uh, it, it, that happens way too much. It happens on movies that you're supposed to take really seriously and, and, and believe that, that you're in this tense entrapped environment and everything just looks orange and, and yeah. blown out whereas this um again like <clears throat> i think this is where Akis did a great job was having that just dirty overall look to it and then at the end they do go cw but it's because of the happy ending she's she's all dressed up nicely that the house is fixed up and the sun is beaming through the the the, the kitchen windows so it looks CWE at, at the end, but the rest of the film, I thought it, and maybe that's, maybe that's why you asked because maybe it has that kind of texture to the image, but yeah, yeah, it was all, all digital. I really hated that, that final shot lingering on the recipe in the note, by the way, I couldn't tell if that was just like a, a bad close up or if that was a CG note that they, it was Nana's up. suicide note. It was, <laughs> It was the it was the, the, the last the last laugh from Nana. Wait, what, what what did it say again? It said, uh, "What is a recipe?" I think for it, something, well, right? it was her name. She said, uh, "Don't date any coloreds, something like that." Uh, <laughs> oh shit! Don't interrupt. What did she? What did it say? What are you texting during the show on mute? No one's no one can hear what you're saying. You're telling jokes <laughs> to yourself. It said, "Look at my head on top of my head. I am Jewish." <laughs> <No>. <laughs> What? It said that? that? That would be a bizarre thing to write. That's a very peculiar thing. These people are clearly Anglo. I got I, I gotta tell you some of these. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They should they should make a movie about all the talk that goes on in the group chats. We should uh no. should no. <laughs> How about we just take whatever group chat we have, print up the script, and then recite everything said in real time. <laughs> Oh, yeah, a little flavor, a little st- little reading. Table. Yeah, I think that'd be yeah. good. Just, I'll <laughs> play the role rename, of Hans here, and no, uh, rename my character to something else so that it's not you know Hans preventing me from we'll, we'll we'll getting we'll a just, job in like five years. We'll just pig yeah. Latin it up, Hans. <laughs> hey, see, no, see, that's where you fellas are. You you fellas are out of step. <laughs> I, I put when I write naughty words in the group chat, I put the little stars there. So I'm oh, okay. yeah, yeah. I'm like, man, this this F and A, he's wow, smart proof. Hans, what's going on with your mouth tonight? What are you you digging food out of your teeth? You're 
guzzling beers you're on mute yeah, laughing at uh, memes uh, uh, on instagram by I'm, yourself like there's not a show happening <laughs> trying to pull up clips of mtv what do you have to say for yourself what the hell was the silence for <laughs> why didn't you yeah, say anything yeah. huh? but he, he's he's pulling up he's trying to get a plug yes. for costa rican beer to sponsor us or this is not even costa rican is that guinness beer. what like is that german it's like german oh Orange Swedish boom. Orange boom. Orange boom. boom. Yeah. How is yeah, it? Some other O with an M's in it. I don't know. See, Thunder I thought you boom. quit drinking, Hans. <clears throat> yeah, I did last year, and then I was like, "Oh, this Hans is really wearing the uh, the aesthetic of shut in right now. He's got he's got the splotchy yeah. plaid on. He's he's this guzzle, is his audition for shut in too. He's the new stepdad yeah. of the kids, and then he gets a little. Yeah. Out of, he has a couple of a couple of beers, gets out of control, locks her back Just in the room, beat people up in Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> Just I, like, I, was, I, I was really happy that time. Gallo did his like his talking through his teeth thing that he does all the time. He's like, "You fucking bitch, you better have got this fucking peachy. I swear to fucking God." Do you remember when that, that yeah. part happened? I think it was after she. Yeah, I, I like to spit the foam yeah. coming from his mouth like he was going uh, mad or something. He was very, uh, very good there. There was very good, scene, very good. <clears throat> there was one scene that, that ended up in the final cut of the film that was, um, I would say, whoever edited it, good job because um, I'll, I'll give it away. It's the scene where he's got the kid, the climax, and he's got him at knife point. That was a very difficult scene for the for the crew to film because there were a lot of parents on set and everything. So a lot of people were just like shaken by the idea of the, of this man with two kids at knife point. And they cleaned up his language in that in that scene a thousand percent. Uh, I I don't think I heard him swear once in the final cut. No, he was he was spouting off like. If if a sailor stubbed his toe in in, in real life, um, yeah, I was just thinking those that kid is going to grow up to be traumatized with Vincent Gallo screaming right next to his little well, baby. The, the, here funny, the, 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 the funny thing was uh, that that child actress, her dad was from Buffalo, so he wow. was so excited that, that that his daughter was in a film with Vincent Gallo, and like when when all these these intense scenes were going down or whatever, he's just like, no, no, like come on, it's okay. Like, now, now, Lores, uh, yesterday after the movie, you tweeted uh, feeling great about Mass State Lottery. What do you mean by that? Oh, wow. You're really trying to throw me out of the bus, aren't you, here? Well, here's what I was thinking. Yeah, you do that every fucking yeah, episode you know with what? me, you piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's, here, here was my first takeaway, because I watched this movie twice. <laughs> and the first time... Uh, Hans and I were just making comments about, oh, doesn't this suck? This sucks here. Oh, look at that. Yeah. Over and over. Or we don't believe that. You know, where's the piss? Where's the <clears> shit? Just every movie, every movie we watch for the first time, I think, it's just like that's what, sure. what happens. It's, it's, she's not going to be shitting for the third day in a row. What the hell is this movie? Yeah. So my takeaway from the movie on my first viewing was that was very limited. That was all so, so limited. And then I'm thinking of Mass State Lottery, and I'm thinking like, now granted, we've been shooting this thing for about a year and a half now, but the energy is just like 40 times more than that movie. So I feel great about where Mass State Lottery is at right now, because that's fucking poop, 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 compared to Shut-In. 
which I think is, and on a second viewing, I think shut-in's fine, especially for what it is. Um, that That's why what prompted that tweet. So knowing what they had to work with, and that's like the first stab, the first authentic stab that came from in-house, I'm not counting run, hide, fight, from any sort of we got to try to attack, or maybe not even necessarily attack, but start to, um, you know, create a, a counter structure to whatever the most conventional machine over here is the conscious thought of that. And I have that thought in my head, even if I don't express it necessarily on Twitter or on Instagram, well, then I feel great about what I'm working on. So that's, that, that, that's really all that was about on the second go around. Um, my opinion of it certainly softened since I was able to dedicate my full attention to it. And it wasn't, you know, riff tracks in the Facebook DMs or, or anything like that between you and Jake Hanrahan uh, talking about how cool Vincent Gallo looks for, for an old man and then commenting about how Ben Shapiro's a nerd, you know, exactly what you'd <laughs> expect from him. So, yeah. Um, but overall, I mean, it comes back to essentially what you said, Anthony, which is that it doesn't do anything new or necessarily interesting. It does maintain... Um, you know, a pretty even level of quality. And I think it's ultimately a net good since it brings back Vincent Gallo. He has an interesting character to fuck around with. And um, it does add a little point over here to whatever this side is that you want to consider it, whether you want to separate that by politics or just whatever is not the conventional Hollywood machine. I think, yeah, I think you got like Vincent Gallo is fucking cool. And this movie isn't fucking bad. It's not bad. This isn't a bad movie. Yeah. There's plenty of bad movies out there that you would be wasting your money on. Uh, it's not a bad movie. It's, it's not a bad movie. It's really well made. It, the, maybe the script needed some tightening. Every fucking script needs some tightening. It's um, for what the direction of, that they're going in. If this is their direction, if this is leading to that Corona film, uh, uh, the Prairie film to be like fucking, it looks like First Blood. You know what I mean? Like it looks like uh, <clears throat> if it if that's what it is, if that's what it ends up being, and they're going in this direction. That's cool. I think. And then overall, you've got what Amanda Milius, and then you have like the sort of Peter Thiel project, right? So Amanda Milius has her own production company. You got Daily Wire with their p- company, and then you have like the Do Peter like Thiel Amanda? project, which is like podcasts. Documentary. Do you like Amanda, Anthony? What's that? Do you like Amanda? Anthony likes Amanda. She's very, uh, she's very, um, she got wasted on Tim Pool's podcast. She was fucking (laughs) drunk off her ass. It was pretty funny. Uh, here's the thing. I think Amanda Milius is, is, uh, talented, but it's gonna, there's gonna be more of this and less of plot against the president, et cetera. Um, the documentaries aren't going to do much of anything. It's a good little calling card, I guess. You can say, oh, I had the most watched documentary on Amazon.com for the year 2020. Cool. Yeah. That's great. You're John Milius' daughter. People are going to pay more attention to you than they might Dinesh D'Souza or give you a little more respect. Um, but we And need... she's got some nice boobs. Yes. that That's <laughs> notable as well. Uh, but it's we got, we need more scripted. We need more fiction. We need something that's like what we had 35 years yeah. ago. Well, what do you right now? Yeah, so we need some Conan we need, the Barbarian need, shit. Let me pose a question. We need more boobs on, on uh, headshots, so Kenny should be more involved. Hell yeah. Well, he's been posting up the storm on Instagram, flexing those titties up and down. He's, gonna, yeah, he, he's, got, he's got a resurgence coming. I, I can't wait to see it. I do want to pose a, a question, though, I because 
I think I think everybody in this chat here, we all come to the table of like, yeah, sure, I worked on the movie, but so say there there if I'm not impartial, but I think all of us see a movie like this, and for for anybody on the outside, the only thing they're gonna really be, I think, struck by when they hear about it is, oh, Daily Wire made it, so mm-hmm. it's it's part of some kind of agenda. But I think for all of us in this chat, we've never cared particularly about any of that stuff like oh it, you know conservatives need a spot or something like that or you're down with the like you know own the libs or, or any of that crap mm-hmm. like but i, I don't know i I'm, i guess i'm just trying to put open an open questionnaire of, of what kind of impression you think this film makes just on its own merits because that's really what it's about but just people are certain people just aren't going to get over that another company is just trying to make their own movies because most of us in this chat agree that mainline cinema just keeps on doing the same crap. I mean, look at Eternals, Spider-Man, no way home or any of that stuff. So what's kind of the consensus here on just how this kind of operation stands? I I think, I think it is a very good example of how the right operates. And in that, and in that sense, it's a um, sort of uh, a tragic uh, missed opportunity in that, uh, in that, all of these people who you're just who I was just naming, they should all come together to form one thing. Yeah. What, whatever that thing is, it it, it can operate. It, we we all do our own fucking thing. But the right has a problem with coming together. They can't stay together. And now we have like Daily Wire, but but yes, there's an agenda. But then we have a man of millions. Like when you make it like that, it's too transparent. We can see the strings. Hollywood, meanwhile, you just say it. Now, you know there's this fucking undercurrent of evil in there, but like, where does it start? Who does it start with? No, all of these, com- these companies, these people I just named, you, can, you know exactly who it is, where it's coming down from. And like, as much as you want your own point of view to like, be not, you, you don't want, I, I just feel like you don't want it to be so on the surface. You want it to just be in there. And I always go back to like, Peckinpah's films, just because I know that he was like a he was a kind of conservative guy, right? <clears throat> I mean, he was on the right. He wasn't like a lefty guy. And I love his films because they just and maybe, and maybe I'm just it's the only thing I think. But it's Martin Scorsese too. Like he puts his religion in there, Catholicism and his conflicts right. with it, like stuff like that. Like art is 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 of the artist's personal journey with all of those things, not a. It shouldn't be anyway, not a fucking like board boardroom propaganda, yeah. like PowerPoint presentation. And so if those those people can all kind of come together and form this shadowy, what is it thing? And 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 that that the but but at the same time, it's like the left is just going to it doesn't matter what you throw at them. They're going to just say this is, uh, you know, th- this is, you know right-wing propaganda stuff i think uh as long as you stop caring about propaganda and just do something that you think works it's fine uh what what we've done with mass state lottery i feel like uh none of it is very uh like it it, it doesn't really support any party doesn't really go left or right or anything it's just something that we're doing because i think it's we think it's good and that's it and i feel like um if the daily wire starts focusing on 
trying to be an anti-whatever establishment or anti-thing instead of focusing on, uh, hey, uh, let's just do good things. It doesn't matter what we're trying to say with it. As long as it's good, it's going to find an audience. It'll be successful. I'm worried about the fact that um, the, 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 the thing they're trying to sell still, it's like a alternative to the regular or like alternative to the mainstream one of the things that we should just be like you know what uh we did this thing if you like what we do cool and if you don't then find something else i think that will be the better uh way to deal with something like this because um once you start getting into uh identity politics i i don't think anyone wins and at the end of it uh you end up creating things that are not memorable or like not for anyone really. So uh, t trying to take politics out of what you do or, or out of movies, even though I guess you can just try to get politics out of anything really, if you have a narrative, um, <clears throat> if the daily wire starts focusing more of like, let, let's do something good instead of let's do something to like, get the left or like hey we're, we're this we're, we're the guys now i think it will work better instead of trying to like stuck it in the, um or whatever well know? i i think there's there's two different things we're getting at here and what daily wire's goal is to yeah. be able to challenge what's already existing right so they're driven by the initiative to take down or start to crack at whatever hollywood is putting out that's what their business is and what we're kind of focused on i think what we find more interesting is artists making interesting films yeah. that are personal yeah. so you might find that with dasha nekrasova's film scary 61st and there's a lot of problems with that movie and maybe some stuff yeah. is goofy or some stuff is crazy right. or weird or over the top but it's a personal film that they shot for a limited amount of money and impressed yeah. and challenges this system but i don't think you can do that kind of film and have it be successful if that's it on its own you kind of have to set up the infrastructure first and that's what right. seems to be what yeah. daily wire and bonfire legend is doing with these movies like shut in which is going to probably draw the more casual film goer or someone who's not going to think about movies as in depth as any of the four of us on this panel tonight so i think you have to have that is it appealing to to the likes of us maybe not maybe it depends on what they're doing with it right some yes, some no, but I don't. We're think not necessarily you can... average Joe film guys, though. Yeah, sure, but I don't think you can have a movie, and I'm not trying to raise up Scary Sixty First as like the ideal film to strive for in today's day and age. But it's an interesting movie. I don't think you can have that kind of movie and have it be commercial or successful in the way that it might have been in 1985 or 1975 without something else being propped up first. I will say. Don't even take my word for it because now I've worked on two of their movies in a row and probably will work on their next one. We'll see what it is. Um, but don't even take my word for it. Just look at the numbers. Like I said, with their revenue significantly boosting in the last year and with Shut In really just being the launch pad, like, like the official first one they, they took under their wing. Um, that's It's really just the beginning. So I think they do from a business standpoint, need to placate to certain things to, to, to really uh, provoke and to say, we're doing something different, but say three years from now, 
they're not going to have to say that anymore because they will have had, hopefully for them by that point, a number of films under their belt that new subscribers are coming for and then loyal um, legacy subscribers are coming for. I will say if, uh, how can I say it? So Shodan, yeah, definitely the launch pad. What's really going to be their defining kind of turn to stride is is when the Gina film drops. Because yeah. that, that's one they've been hyping up since they signed her on and whatnot. And that's going to be the moment where after that comes out, based on the reaction, which I'm assuming based on the reaction to Shodan, people are going to freaking love Terror on the Prairie. I, I mean, love it. Um, I think that's going to be a point where they hit their stride in the operation. Just, it becomes a normal thing. Cause when you see, like, I think, well, first of all, shut in wasn't bred from within the system. It was something that was already out there for years and was now made on in, into this system uh, where terror on the prairie is made completely in this system. I think it's going to show that at least how it stands now, any ulterior motives don't really transcend into the film. Because what I can say about Terror on the Prairie is that it's as basic and primal of a survival story as 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 any movie could possibly be, and that's it. So hopefully, I mean, hopefully that's where they hit their stride and like Hans is kind of getting at, it doesn't have to be about anything other than the art. And I think they're really trying to do it. It's just a matter of make sure... Make sure whatever artists you're bringing into the fold aren't necessarily trying to grind an axe like crazy. Yeah, I, I think I think the you have to be like cool. You know, you have to be cool. It's been like I was just watching the Wild One earlier tonight, and I'm trying to think like what 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 position are they coming from here? Because it's this really screwy thing that's going on. It's like they're talking like they're these black jazz guys, but they're these white motorcycle guys and they don't ride with any black people. So this is actually a movie that's confusing the audience with like fake shit. It's like these sort of proto hell's angel guys. They're not fucking listening to jazz music. You know what I mean? They're not talking like that. They're, they're just like, yeah, uh, okay. So, uh, so then, so then, um, Anyway, sorry, I'm so stoned right now. I totally veered off into something else. But the, okay, but I like I like that these these girls right now, like girls are making. Uh, there's like the Gina Carano thing. There's this girl. She's a badass. She's stuck in her pantry, badass mom kind of thing. And I like that. Nata- uh, what's her name? Uh, Red Scare uh, girl um, Dasha, Dasha is making. So they're making like horror movies. And I almost feel like how the girls have the chick flick. The guys need to have the the guy chick flick version of that like now it's like the sisterhood of the traveling pants or some shit like we need that like Hell the road yeah. movies and shit like like uh i don't know and i and, and then if the girls go off and do horror which i f- feel like for women it's more like intuitive to do the horror genre i don't know we can let them go full yodorovsky over there we could remake sisterhood of traveling pants with vincent gallo's <laughs> pants exactly <laughs> that's the move the Brotherhood of Vincent Gallo's eBay <laughs> pants. <laughs> no, I, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, whatever they're doing, it. I think they should, they should keep doing it. But like, the emphasis should be like on, on, uh, on, on. 
I, oh, that's what I was trying to think of. Is like the left has had so much time. Like with with like um, I was reading Kurt Vonnegut the other day. I fucking put the book down just because he was talking about. I could hint in there. I was like, oh, there's that like communist lead thing. I I'm just so sick and tired of having to watch all this stuff and read all this stuff and be in your mind like, oh, I'm gonna just remove that part that I don't. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, the but main had thing. All this time to be cool. The main thing for me that. <laughs> working working on these last couple movies, which I, I try to tell everybody because people will meet up and they'll talk about the cause that Daily Wire is trying to trying to start up. And what I say to people is, I'm just in Hollywood. I'm just uh, of the typical Hollywood movie. I'm just sick of hearing the same message said the same way over and over again and pretending that it's new. I, I mean, that's really what it comes down to because there's so many. Yeah fantastic fantastically made movies in the jet in the mainline system on a regular basis but they say the same freaking thing yes and and it's i saw all those movies by the time i was 14 yes and so in all the years since i've i've just we've been seeing repeats of the same movies over and over again and pretending it's new and that's why to go back to the beginning of our conversation that's why the oscars have no no effect, no, no, no pizzazz that they even had 10 years ago, because even their most hardened fans or even the people that are most enamored by the general studio system know exactly what's going to win. They know exactly which films are going to get picked. There's, there's no surprises. And I really like all there is to it. Yeah, when you look at like um those those westerns, and, that and that's regardless. Once like that's regardless of whatever agendas or ideologies Hollywood movies have. You just know exactly what you're going to get by the time you sit in the theater. Yeah. What? So what is their project? Well, what are which they one? trying to do? Daily Wire. Oh no, I just mean in general. I yeah. What's just... yeah, well, like? What's their mission? Do you know like what's the mission? Is the mission, mission is to just the mission i believe is just to create a palatable alternative of movies that just play it straight really now obviously i think they want some kind of uh degree of like right-wing values or something like that in there but from what i've been told and what i understood it's generally just movies that play it straight that anybody could watch and you you don't have to walk away with some kind of deep message or some kind of placation to any particular group or something like that. It's, it's not about groups. It's not about, um, uh, it's not about any of that kind of outside stuff. Yeah. Yeah. The, 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 um, okay. So you think of like right wing or conservative, like directors of the past, or would you say like, uh, any, you know, all, all, everybody like, but the, is it Clint Eastwood, John Milius, John Ford, uh was nicholas ray i don't know does anyone else know joe george stevens i mean i'm not sure i'm not sure about those two yeah i don't know um john houston i don't know but uh those are pretty just those guys alone are are cool and they've made like really singular you know singular kind of visionaries i just there, you know what I'm saying? I, I'm just saying there, there needs to be those guys, those visionary guys who are coming into this thing to like, right? Because if no, the mission I, is, if the mission is, we're just going to be like, the, we're going to be playing defense from Hollywood and do the stuff that they don't want. You know, we're gonna, 
Because that's what that sort of monologue at the beginning felt like. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if de- defense is the way to play it. I, I think yeah. you're right. I think, but where I think that what that calls for, and maybe it's a good thing, is I think that requires a whole market necessity of young new creators that can go to projects like whatever your personal ideology is that you can go into a project and and just play it straight and keep the elements primal and keep them basic to pretty much relatable to pretty much any, anybody out there. I mean, Mm -hmm. those are the best stories anyway. One of the best movies from the 1980s predator. uh, I I mentioned um, our makeup artist earlier. So that's the first one that came to mind, but like, that's the epitome of a great movie that literally anybody could watch because of how primal the nature of the movie is. And that's, again, with these first two that I've done with them, that's more or less what they're about. This is the only time I've ever heard you say anything flattering remotely about Shane Black or the work of Shane Black. (laughs) I'll never say anything flattering about Shane Black. He was in good movies. He was involved in good movies. I wouldn't. I wouldn't let him within three hundred feet of my house. But uh, <laughs> he was. He was a cog in a, in a great machine uh, with the likes of John McTiernan, great director. Jeff Don, uh, first of all, great guy, and then one of the greatest uh, special effects artists of all time up there with Stan Winston, Rick Baker, Rob Bottin, and then Arnold before he became. I'm a full-on rhino. <laughs> um, and, then, and then pudgy Bill Duke, who rounds out the cast and makes it believable. Classic Bill Duke. Everybody should go watch yeah. Deep Cover if you haven't seen Deep Cover. That's a good one. Fishburne, right? Hell yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, like, I, like, so, yeah, to get those, like, visionary guys in there, you need to have, you kind of have to have a kind of lax thing. You know what I mean? If you were on and the last shoot... If you oh, was it last, crazy? Was it crazy? It was good. That's I'm good. Not, That's I'm not going to say, I'm not going to say crazy, but I, I will say just being out there in, in the high plains and stuff for four weeks, like it, it was so laid back. The energy was, was just totally, totally lush and everybody was having a good time. And yeah, there there wasn't a moment of hesitation on that whole set. It was just everybody out there trying to survive and just get this movie done. And uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, there was a lot of camaraderie too. It was, was cool. Was, that... there, was there a lot of drinking and <laughs> and smoking uh, weed and stuff? I'll say this at the, <laughs> at the bottom of the hill of the, uh, of the ranch on which we shot the entire film, yeah. there is, there's a saloon in hot springs, like right there, like a, like a tourist spot uh, with, with hot spring pools and a saloon. Ooh, so, wow. Uh, that's so, amazing. Yeah, especially after the rough days of shooting, I, I found myself warm in my belly there and, and and just contemplating what a great job I did. Did you forget like any? Did you did you bring enough socks, underwear, boots, or were you just like fucking trash by the end of this? I man, I, I brought enough stuff, but okay. That that first week just beat the hell out of me, man. Like my my, my face was all like chopped up from the wind and i even oh, had yeah, a face yeah. guard i i had like a like a ski mask on almost and i i just had this ruthless ski burn so where are they going to shoot if they do white knuckle next and they, i you know when you told me about white knuckle i was like you know that sounds a whole lot like 
C. Thomas Howell, Rutger Howell. That's the Hitcher. That sounds like a ripoff of the Hitcher. And then it comes out, it's from the same dude who wrote the Hitcher. It's the exact same oh, cool. guy who yeah. did the Hitcher. Yeah. Um, oh, I fucking, I know that director. That guy works on the, right? What's that guy's, what's that guy's name? Well, the writer's name is the Eric Hitcher? Red, right? Eric Red, yeah. Do you know who the director was? Because I think he directs on the show that I work on all the time. Robert something? Anyway, sorry. Robert Wall? Yes, it's yeah. Robert Robert Wall. Yeah. yeah. Of our He gets fans. yelled at by Donnie Wahlberg all the time. He take he likes to he's like, Robert wants to do another take because he didn't get it that time. So now we all have to do another take, right, Robert? You want another take? And then Robert just go, You know what? I think we got it. I think we we're gonna move on. Like, yeah, okay, let's move on. <laughs> uh, so he, I, so I don't know about White Knuckle. Knuckle. What's White Knuckle? I it's um it's a movie that was greenlit, but uh, certain things got it tied up. I, I forget what. Um, so I don't know when that's going to happen. I guess it's just a matter of them working out the logistics or getting that worked out. So I, I'm I'm unsure as to when that's going to happen. I feel like they must have something that is close to, to ready to shoot within the next five months or something. If they're going to drop the one that they acquired, the superhero film with... with uh, old Carrie, um, if that's coming out next month, that's that's not like... You would think they would want to space this apart a little better. Now, Terror well, on the Prairie is coming out later in this June, year, right? Yeah. In okay. Ju- yeah, so they, they've got a little time. That's uh, that's not bad. So I'm, I'm curious to see. I mean, I think, I think I'll be involved with the next one. Uh, if I am, that's going to be sweet. After, after the last movie, Terror on the Prairie, which, again, I, I think... Again, just going off of the general reaction to shut-in, I think people are going to absolutely love Terror on the Prairie. There, there's a lot to like from that. Even 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 guys like us who are a little bit more picky and a lot more fine-tuned to, to pay attention to certain things, I think there's going to be a lot from that movie to, to enjoy. Now, I like that trailer a lot. That was like it looked good. That yeah. Kind of, yeah, I was like, yeah. oh, I want to watch that. What the general reaction is, is exactly what you said before, Jake, which is that everything I've seen on the surface has been very positive about shutting. I haven't seen too many dissenters uh, going, oh, this is you know, Ben Shapiro produced movie. Da, da, da. That was beforehand. If you go over to Letterboxd, <laughs> you'll see a lot of those reviews before the movie came out. I haven't seen that at all. Um, it currently has, a, I mean, there's only like a couple of reviews on Rotten Tomatoes. They're all positive so far. Uh, the audience score is extremely high. I think it's upward of 95%. Um, so, yeah, I've seen that. And then, yeah, in DMs, people will be like, man, I wanted more. I wanted more out of Gal. I wanted more out of that. But the audience perception seems to be glowing about shut-in. So that's a pretty good sign, I would say. If, th- if they want more people to like it, Ben Shapiro sh- should shit on it uh, on his show. That's a good – that's actually a great strategy. Oh, yeah. Right? Reverse right. psychology. Yeah, I don't know why I did the show. I don't know why I did this movie. It's terrible. It's garbage. It's awful for people to watch. Like, no, they they made me do it. <laughs> Everyone would watch it. You know, <laughs> pump those numbers up. Get well, Andrew Clavin to make fun of it. I didn't. I didn't like it. It wasn't that good. You know, it's yeah. crazy. <laughs> it's it's just missing something. You know, it's missing something. I'm not sure what it is. I'm not sure. <laughs> I love his takes, though. Andrew Clavin's takes are always like, damn, he's like one of those uncles that you wish you, or like a boss or something. You're just like, yeah, that's that guy gets it. Man. Yeah, he's a cool dude because he's from like he's from like the old order of doing things. He's he's from yeah. the old guard. Yeah. So he he just happens to fall into this new camp where he's kind of a misfit, but 
when you when you hear him talk about it, you, you don't feel like you're hearing just some dude who's like, yeah, this is kick ass, and it, it's, it's it's better than what Hollywood makes. He actually kind of he actually kind of picks apart what what builds a good story and whatnot. Jake, He's, did you did you meet any of these like famous yeah. Daily Wire guys when you were working on this <laughs> this one or uh, the, the other one? Uh, no. So the closest thing that that happened was um, Jeremy came on set maybe one or two days, and he was just just walking around, just checking out how things were going. Hold on a second. Another Jeremy came on the set of something that they were doing. I don't know. Were you involved? The Jeremy, the quartering of YouTube fame. Did you see any like YouTube celebrities on Terror on the Prairie? Jeremy from the quartering. I saw the quartering show up on the Terror on the Prairie set. Jeremy. Oh, wait, wait a minute. What's, what's Jeremy's last name from the quartering? I don't know. Hold, hold uh, on, hold on. He has a beard. Is he still around? Yeah, he's making right money hand over fist. Anybody who brushes elbows with Tim Pool on YouTube will have their career skyrocket. It just had, uh, as a matter of fact, Nick Searcy, who stars oh, wait a as minute. one of the characters in Terror on the Prairie, just did Tim's show last night during the premiere of Shutting. Wait a minute. Okay. Okay. I, I've only seen, it's funny, I've only seen Jeremy the Quartering on, on Twitter. I, I've never watched it. Yes, I believe he was there. I think he was doing some kind of EPK for it or something like that. Like, um, you know, <laughs> electronic, you know, photo video kit or whatever. I, I swear to God. Yeah. I think that's funny because I, I, I think I distinctly remember saying like, Oh, who's that dude? Just are walking we, around him right now. No, I think I he's not. <laughs> what his identity, his real identity is. So, so yeah, I, I believe he was there. Yeah, I, I, I didn't talk to him, but which, which one was he on? I don't think he was on Terror. I think he might have been there for Shut In. Um, hey, what yeah, happened to I, Hans? I, 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 don't, I think Hans got called away on urgent duty. I think he's got a business meeting he had to attend Beans. real quick. Um, you know, it's daytime in Costa Rica. It's a lot like Asia. He is an Asian man. <laughs> um, so it's daytime and he's got uh, things to tend to now. Yeah. I saw that there were a couple of people that were brought out for press on terror of the Prairie. I, I don't think that was the case with shutting and the quartering was one of them. And there was like some other conservative YouTube star like Lauren Chan or, or Candace, one of those types. Um, uh, who, we had Kongman Lee, if you've heard of him, he's been, I, on the I think I've seen him before, but no, he worked on that with you guys. Right. Yeah, they brought him in. He he did uh, he did BTS, mm-hmm. but he's he's huge on conservative Twitter and whatnot. But he's just a nice guy, and I think he's going to try to stay involved with the, with uh, what they're doing over there. So I think they got to get Jack the Perfume Nationalist on the next one. That's why, right? No, you know who they need? Sam Hyde on the next one. That's who yeah, they need. yeah. That would be I see. I don't. I I think he burned any sort of uh, Semitic bridges, unfortunately, with world peace. <laughs> but uh, who knows? Look, I tr- look. I've said it a few times before. I tried to make a movie with Sam Hyde. Sam Hyde doesn't want to make movies. He doesn't want to. He doesn't want to seem to do anything in terms of whatever costs a lot of money. Whatever's going to be a gamble. That's why he's doing that podcast. So I hope that changes. I think he's a very talented guy, but we'll see. Um, anyway. I think we're going to have to look, we, we're past two hours with this show and Hans is nowhere to be found. 
So why don't Hopefully he's okay. I hope Hans is okay. I hope he's not passing away or like coughing up blood into the toilet right now. He's no, he's he's guzzling booze behind the camera. You shamed him. He's I think that booze is coming out of him right now, actually. <laughs> That's my suspicion. He's just um, got a perpetual motion in and out, both orifices. Hans, I know you can hear this because you got Bluetooth headphones. You better survive till <laughs> Sunday so we can watch that uh, War Hunt this... Mickey Rourke World War II film. <laughs> this is your conscience, Hans. Oh, boy. Wake up, Hans. Put the bottle down. It's okay, Hans. Just go get bread, water, maybe a little OJ for your belly. Get some, some cookies. Yeah, some cookies. So, so who? So, so what is Chloe? Who's the next cool kid they can bring back? You've got Vincent Gallo, who apparently is already retired now. Yeah. So, who do you bring? Who's the next cool kid you bring back up? Uh, probably. I mean, a lot I'm of them are dead. Years. A lot of them are dead, unfortunately, from that '90s era that were popping in the the art house films. Like you yeah. could have, you could have said uh, Brad Renfro would have been a great one to bring back. He's mm. dead. Uh, dead. Who who played uh, who played Casper and Kids? That kid, he's dead too. Um, who's the one who played? Tully? That guy died. Yeah, the guy who played Casper died very early, oh, like right. five right, years right, after. Right, right, yes, yeah. I thought you meant Telly. Is Telly dead? No, I I actually I don't know. I shouldn't say anything, but I might be trying to work something out with that guy because I, I I know him from the Lower East. He lives on the Lower East Side. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I don't know who is cool in the He's '90s in an art house way. Maybe you get Harmony Corinne to start acting. That's the closest thing. <sighs> Harmony Corinne. He's a little too. Is that twenty? When was Spring Breakers? Twenty thirteen, and then Beach it's Bum was twenty nineteen. Who's like, like you got to go twenty? You got to go two thousand and two. It's always like twenty years. Who's cool mm-hmm. in two thousand two? Missy Elliott. There you go. There you go. <sighs> Busta Rhymes. Oh, he's too bloated. He's he who, can, he's who, not ready for any. He can't even go on stage without getting. He's got to get back on steroids. Yeah, I can't think of any aloof. Uh, I don't know off the top of my head. It's a, <clears throat> a cool. It's a limited crowd. There, yeah. Brad Renfro and yeah, yes. Hmm. weren't really a lot of stars back then. No, I mean, well, there were plenty of stars, but there's not like that subtype of yeah. Vincent Galloway, art house cred, but also works in the main. Like that doesn't really exist beyond that. A lot of those guys crashed and burned. Even like like John Lurie, <clears throat> you know, you go a little further back. Yep. Like he was like yep. one of those cool guys that would just show up in movies. Tom Waits was the kind of guy like that too. He's got too many. John Lurie's got too many. Uh, physical and probably mental health problems. He can only do that reality show, uh, Painting with John, which yeah. got renewed for another season. He's a great, entertaining guy. Friends with Vincent Gallo. Can't stand his politics. He's a libtard. He'll go off on Twitter. Yeah, about he's Trump. a total libtard. Uh, but he's great. Um, someone like that would be really cool. If you can think back to the Jarmouche sort of. Uh, yeah, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. To be honest, I think they just need one more person to kind of go through the stuff that Gina went through. And then I think, I think that could open the doors for people really just to take a paycheck at that point and just yeah. be in, be in the movies. I think yeah. it's just, it's going to take like one of them. And let's be honest, most of them will do it. I mean, I, I don't, I don't see many of those main actors in Hollywood having any kind of moral fortitude that even if they thought it was against their, 
at their code or something like that. They'd take the money. You know, you throw you throw a couple million at certain actors, they'll be they'll be in a fifty thousand dollar film. They, they they don't care. It's you just need somebody to kind of break the mold, and that might be what Woody you know Allen. Is. That's who we need. Bring him back. Yeah. It's time. I love. I love. Yeah. Stacey I mean, Elkins if, if old enough now, bring, man. She's like sixty. If you can bring back, like, or bring back, or you could, you could make it like a, a Woody Allen, but for people, you know, who have regular marriages. Yeah, when you don't marry your ex-wife's adopted daughter. Uh, yeah, that would. Isn't be that, like, wasn't that Morgan like, Freeman? You know, well, Oh yeah, Woody. no. Well, that was supposed to be his own granddaughter. I that was like a stepdaughter. That was like a fucking, I think it was, it was, was some, like his, his step. What are you doing, step bro? Yeah, that's what that was. I remember seeing you born. You weren't really related, <laughs> so I said you were mine. I don't know. I think that era is over. I think there's no one else to really bring back. At least that's coming to mind at the moment. Uh, I think you got to bring out some. some oh, weirdos, you know what you could do, people from the past. I, I think years. somebody. <clears throat> Somebody you could bring in, and I'm thinking back to when they brought in, uh, even though they bought it, when they had Thomas Jane in Run, Hide, Fight, which came out on Daily Wire. Yeah. Here's one. Chuck Norris. Ooh. He's still marketable. He's still capable. He's he's almost 82 now. Um, That was like fucking Lee Marvin. Yeah. Lee Marvin was in like Delta Force. He's like 82 years old. Like, let's fucking go. (laughs) I, I think Chuck Norris. I think you could you could get him if if he because he he's a pretty conservative guy. He's yeah, done I, everything. I, you know, on that on a similar note, who I just thought of right now is James Woods. If you gave mm, James Woods mm. like a real good role, like yeah. something he would play in the eighties or nineties, that would be fucking fire. Yeah, yeah, that would be fucking cool. Make him do a, do like a, a a cop thing where he's like the the patriarch of the family. You know, it's just straight up. Some sort of uh, uh, of corruption in the force, and he's like the commissioner, and he's got you know he's his four Irish boys or whatever you know something like what dragged across Woods? concrete. But if you swapped out Mel Gibson for James Woods, yeah, yeah, I loved I re- I loved everything Zoller was doing. Um, I thought I thought that that movie was a little too long. It's like two hours and forty five minutes. That was a passionate movie. That was. That was a labor, that one. I wasn't involved yeah. in that one, but just watching it, like I thought it was great, but yeah, man, that must that was, must have been a shoot. It was, it was, it was. It like for being that long, it never had a moment of like this th- doesn't mean anything. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He like everything it was very novelesque. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's it's yeah. a prose. Perfect. It's, it's very prose kind of movie. Yeah, yeah, it's a movie that's in prose, which is it's super just, cool. It's hard to watch that like multiple times, though. You know what I'm saying? Like you're like, okay, here we go. This is gonna be. This is this is the day right here. Yeah, I would certainly but, say that Bone Tomahawk. There's plenty of rewatch value. Brawl and Cell Block '99, definitely. <gasps> the energy of those films is there, but Dragged Across Concrete is like revisiting a novel where you have to mentally prepare yourself, like. There's a lot to this. You might have to take a break in between for lunch or, or something. Yeah, um, it's like Magnolia. Watching Magnolia. Oh or yeah, yeah, definitely. What, what is, is does he is he working on something else? Well, he just oh, signed what? over to like a new agency or something. I know he was trying to get that puppet movie in the works for a while. But uh, all what's really disappointing 
is the movie he had tied up at Amazon that is probably not happening anymore because it was his script and Park Chan-wook was going to direct it and it was going to star Matthew McConaughey, which would have been a fucking fire trifecta. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know which one you're talking about. And I, I don't think that's happening anymore because no one's talking. There's been no word on that for about five years. I think he's... Um... I think what he's focusing on right now is he, he's getting back into books and his yeah, he graphic writes like novels. a book a year. I uh, I picked up whatever the most uh, recent graphic novel he did um, was, but he puts out yeah, Doctor Divinus or something like that. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He puts out um, like a novel a year or novella, and a, he's got I, a I've got a couple of his on my shelf. I've read one so far, which was a, a Congregation of Jackals, which is pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. I but and then I've got another on his shelf that I've been, I've been meaning to read for months. But that seems to be what he's uh, what he's really doing right now, which is unfortunate because yes. he was, I I think, I don't know him personally, but I've obviously heard about him behind the scenes and whatnot. Um, I think for him, he maybe he didn't realize how, how the waves he was making as a director in those few years that he had. He let out three movies in like two years, or... No, he let out three movies in about four years, but he filmed them all in, in what seemed like two or three. Yeah. Because he, um, Bone Tomahawk, then right after did Pearl and Cell Block 99. And while they were filming that, they were um, already talking about Dragged Across Concrete, which they shot in 2017. And then it came out a year and a half later. So he, he, so he hasn't shot a film in almost five years. And I think he just had no clue that this whole kind of, subculture was starting to emerge around him and he's he's not old but he's he's like an older guy now he's almost like 50 and it's like man i i, I think he kind of it seems like he, he kind of goaded himself and out of I think he lost some momentum i th- I think he totally has i like no it's not to say he's not he's still not talented like i'll read his books for sure maybe i'll check out his graphic novels it's typically not my kind of thing but i i maybe there was some naivety I feel like he's just he had such an opportunity set up for him to be like you're you're gonna be the next guy yeah that that's gonna completely blow up the mainline system like Daily Wire is trying to do but he'd be able to do it from within because he already he already had a lot of ties in there and sold dozens of scripts I I think he just I think he maybe was imposter syndrome or something like that but I don't know I don't know what to expect well well, did, did his movies make money that's the thing. It's like, like how did uh, they... I think I, some I think of them made money back on like the Blu-rays or, or video on demand sales, right? Yeah. I think they all they actually all did fine, from what mm-hmm. I know. Um, all three of them. So, yeah, and I mean, certainly Master, that was the real, the real winner, right? But he he wrote <laughs> that. He didn't direct that. What he did, uh, Puppet Master, The Littlest Reich. Oh, he, really? He, he wrote this script, and then I I don't know who directed. It. I think it was a duo, but I actually feel like. Something like that probably was what made the most money back because that's a built-in audience and easy, easy breezy okay. dollar bills. Um, all right, fellas, it's it's one o'clock here, so I got it's one o'clock there too. Anything and Hans, I think <laughs> yeah, I, Hans could river. be dead. Hans is literally dead on the floor, choking on his own. Yeah, <laughs> he got kidnapped <laughs> by the fucking cartels or something down there. Hans, can you just like flash your camera to prove you're alive? You don't have yeah, to dude. show. Look, I, if you're feeling under the weather, if you got a sudden bout of the, you know, the stomach flu, we'll say, uh, you shit. know, food poisoning, perhaps, 
you don't have to pop on camera, but if you just want to flash your camera or let out a, a noise to let us know you're okay, that would be appreciated. The audience would appreciate it. Maybe a, maybe a toot, a little poot. I don't, Anthony, what, what, what's worse? Is, is this worse or was his display on Civic TV episode uh, three pre-records worse? That was pretty bad. That was the roughest I've ever seen. That was because that was noises. Yeah, that was like weird breathing. That yeah, he was very ill it for was, that one. I think yeah, that, that was. I th- he must have had like bad shellfish or something before the show that night. That's really what it came down <laughs> to. Anyway, fellas, you want to just plug where you want people to go find you. Sure. Anybody can <laughs> start that off. Uh, uh, yeah, I, go to uh, Slothcast. It's the. Uh, green background with the pink uh, lettering on apple Podcasts. it's on uh soundcloud and it's on spotify mm. and i'm on the uh, twitter at uh, at slothcaster very nice uh, you can also find me on the on the twat space at the tologist and additionally i've got something i'm got working series, on something Scott. a series i'm i'm coming back with a vengeance I've seen a lot of a lot of frumpy guys on the internet talking about movies and and and, and just doing these 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 drama callouts. I've seen too much drama between frumpy men on YouTube. I've been here I've been here for decade over a decade, so I'm going to come back and, and set things straight. So be yeah, on the lookout. For I, I've seen some of Jake's videos uh, from a long time ago where he's like, "Ah, dude, th- this movie's fucking pissa, dude," and he's got like a Boston Red Sox cap. He sounds like. <laughs> Matt Damon in the department. oh yeah every every one of my old videos sounds like an audition for like uh, a Dennis Leary movie like you see Monument this neutral Avenue. American tone this gristle no nah, that wasn't there it was literally just straight up uh, Mark Wahlberg in 1992 that's that's what his voice was during that time low, low rise can, well can you guys do it can you guys do a little a, a selfie off it, it to, to be honest it's actually difficult to do it like on cue because. I know for one, I consciously have to do it. And because I've consciously trained away that part of my voice for, for probably like seven years now, or, or give or take, it, it, it doesn't feel genuine. So I don't even think it's a, it's a real, I could, I could do it like jokingly in passing, but it's just going to sound corny. <laughs> you and Lorez actually sound similar when you talk. Well, that's because we smoke the same amount of cigarettes per day. That's really what the trick to that is. Mm. So wait, look, so wait, can, look, no, no, he he smokes cigarettes. I, I just go above manholes and I huff whatever gas is in there. It's great. How I lost, I used to have a real bad Boston accent, but uh, what happened there was I I started writing right, and I was trying to be a novelist for a period of time, and the way that I would edit everything the way that i found to be most efficient was you read it back to yourself and then you start speaking like that and you lose the accent so uh-huh. um i've been told if i get worked up the accent comes back but that's about <laughs> that's about it that's about the gist of it for me. i want to yeah. see that i want to see how you be like you know why you're the, the car with the bar what the fuck <laughs> yeah it's, it's like it's just the feeling of i there's like a handful of Dunkin' Donuts down here in Dallas, Texas. Whenever I go into one, I get my nice big cup of coffee and some Jamoke knocks it over. Then, then I have some words with that fella. Yeah. I say, really, buddy, you want to start here? Oh, yeah. That's what, yeah. <laughs> yeah, this, yeah. yeah. Now, this dude, this, this scramble, he wants to start here. Yeah, he wants to throw paws. 
That could have easily <laughs> yeah. happened with any of the guys who were drinking Natty Ice and Dunkin' Donuts when we were shooting the Mastiff Lottery the, the last time. <laughs> there were these old, crotchety Polish men in, in uh, what, Everett? I think, I yeah. Well, no, Revere. 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 Revere in, in Revere, Massachusetts, a suburb right outside Boston. Getting into these incredibly heated debates, chugging 40s of Natty Ice in the middle of a Dunkin' Donuts, and We've got Jerry and Hans in tow with us. Mind you, they're shivering their asses off. Like mm-hmm. Poor Hans looked like a chihuahua, just shaking <laughs> so profusely. And, and, and I just turn them around and I say, you're not going to see anything more stereotypical today. And it's just these, again, these old Polish men arguing. And one of them was calling for God to strike the other down. Oh, it was dude. beautiful. Yeah, he was like, your granddaughter is up there hearing what you're saying right now. And then here's what happened. Later, either like the next day or something, whoever he was arguing with said something about that guy's granddaughter. And he's like, that ain't right, dude. You don't bring up someone's granddaughter. <laughs> so, it was it was great. Those guys were there every single day drinking Natty Ice. And the Dunkin' Donuts wow. staff was just like, we, we have to accept this, I guess. Wow. So, anyway, that's... Wait, wait. Yeah. You're smoking cigarettes now regularly? Yeah. That's been, that's been for a minute. How long? Uh, since probably after we started shooting the first time when I had those fake cigarettes that we were using for that shoot, uh, I just uh, grafted myself on the Newports, Newport wow. Reds. Wow. Those are illegal in Massachusetts these days, I hear. The mentholated. Uh, the me- yeah. Anything mentholated is outlawed, I think, in the United States. Or, <laughs> yeah, or in the You're East Coast. Outlaw, bro. Yeah. Well, no, these aren't mentholated. They're just shit. It's just oh, oh, oh shit. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Wow, interesting, man. You go right for that. That's such an obscure brand of uh, unmental, unmentally obscure. It's just popular with black people. That's all. It's the black. No, no, the un- no, 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 the unmentholated ones. Well, they don't sell <laughs> mentholated. That's the, that's the problem. We had this discussion with Buddy when he was out of the joint. He was like, "What? They outlawed menthol?" Yeah. And I was like, "Yeah, that's that's the that's the state we're living in these days." You know, very unfortunate. We got to bring wacky, that back. What a wacky world. It's un- it's, it's very depressing. But, but it, um, I can't believe you started smoking because of movie because the character at thirty yeah 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 you know you're gonna you're gonna be this is this is your future right here no I don't I, I don't I don't like that I don't because it has like the same kind of see I I went to a hookah bar one time and I've tried that a few times uh, from Kenny um, yeah. who I was hanging out with in Brockton who's like neighbors with me now because he lives in Fall River. Uh, so we'll meet up and we'll just sit in his car and drink beers and smoke cigarettes and he'll have his fucking little vape pen or whatever. I don't like that because it's got the synthetic, like, over-the-top taste to it where it feels like if you, you're having, like, a flavored coffee, if you have too many flavored coffees, you start to pick up on that artificial taste. That's what that has, for me anyway, when I when I smoke it. So I can't really vibe with yeah. it as much. It tastes fine at first, and then the more you do it, it's like, oh. It sucks. It sucks. It's just, it's, it's not as good as smoking a fucking cigarette, mm-hmm. but I can't cause, cause well, I had, I have asthma and then I got COVID and I got like long COVID. So I can't, you even, almost passed away from COVID. You were miserable I, from COVID. Oh yeah. I was praying to die. I was like, just take, just fucking kill me, please. Which it is awful. And I still got it. Like I still like, I'm like, <gasps> like you still hear it. <laughs> It was it was like, very ironic because you came over my place. And we said this last time too, but just so Jake knows too, 
uh, you're like, yeah, everybody at my work got COVID. I think I'm just immune to it. I don't have it. And then you got fucking, you were like the next day, you're like, I think I'm going to die. I think I'm dead. I think I'm actually a ghost right now texting you. So <clears throat> anyway, hopefully you guys survive 2022. Hopefully no one, hopefully Hans is alive and we'll, we'll see what happens with, with Daily Wire, with Bonfire Legend, with movies, with Slothcast, with the cinematologist reviews, with Hans's family. So, so long, folks. Thank you for tuning in. This has been Movies. Thank you for listening.